Hey guys, happy new years and welcome to another episode of the Salumas podcast. Today's episode is on recent events involving the United States, Iran, and the possible impacts that these events have on our society. The topic is still fresh, so we will not pretend to be experts on the matter, but we'll do our due diligence to put what we believe so far into the grinder and create content that we hope you enjoy. We're joined by our new friend, Tucker, who is a cybersecurity professional with a high level of experience working for both government and private sectors. And we discuss how the new warfighter may not be a soldier armed to the teeth with guns, ammo, and a desire to kill or die for their country or cause. Rather, it may be a regular Jill or Joe armed with programming knowledge, a secure internet connection, and a desire for chaos. There's a lot more that we talk about in this episode, so without further ado, we present to you episode 912, I Came, I Saw, I Ran. What? What was different? I don't know. I just set up the... I feel like I, I EQ'd the mics a little bit different. I actually had Haley come in and like sit and test. I was like, all right, count to 20. Let's try and make sure this is good. And precise. I'm glad he's like this. Yeah, yeah. thanks for putting I'm in the not effort. like that at um, all. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I just want to sit down and, and talk my bullshit. <laughs> well, One anyway. microphone just passing it around. Oh, yeah, I, like, <laughs> I barely understand what is going on right now. I don't need to be in charge of no shit. <laughs> It's been a busy week, but before we go into everything, I want to uh, learn about our our guest, man. Okay, my name's Tucker. Yeah. Mark Twain invited invited me up here to come hang out and just uh, talk bullshit with you guys. Yeah, that's what's about up. whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm ready. I know <laughs> some stuff. Right. I work with this guy. To- hey, yeah. Time out. Yeah, I don't want to have uh, Tucker or Mark say where they work. I have a feeling that they're going to say some questionable shit and get themselves fired. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and remove that. Uh, I know a lot of computer shit. Do I need shit. to blurt that out? Yeah, I'll bleep that out. It's okay. okay. No, you can say it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll bleep Put it like out. a really long bleep in there. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, like what I'm saying it now. Like, like, just like, like, no, it is some shit like the lines <laughs> did in yeah. Upton, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish Kalu would do more of that yeah. NPR radio lab style. I think it's amazing narration they do, where they let the conversation be natural yeah. and disjoint it in interruptions. You'll hear Latif interviewing someone in their home, mm-hmm. and you know he's got to go put the kid to bed or something. And Latif yeah. will elegantly, oh, right now Jeremy had to go put the kid in the bed. It's dope. Oh, I like the way yeah, they do that. Yeah. It's I pretentious like that. as hell. It's very signature NPR. Yeah. But like, you should do that. All you got to do is cocoa. you take his yeah. volume way, way down. Yeah. You don't do a corny beep. You take his volume way, way down to where it's imperceptible. Yeah. I, I, and just I, I, say, I Tucker's that. explaining his workplace right now. And for some reason, him and Mark are very afraid. It's funny. You yeah. can throw in a little humor. That's what you should do. He's All extremely right. gassy so, as well. It's unexplainable. We have to minimize it. We decided to not ask why he won't take his hand off of Mark Twain's lap the whole episode. But oh my god! Oh, shit. Um, yeah. yeah, but beyond that, I do cybersecurity. I teach uh, cybersecurity at places, and uh, I do cool stuff. Computer. Tuck- Tucker. Tucker is on my list of you know how I category people. He's in that cool group of IT people because he thinks abstractly, mm-hmm. and he has that. Uh, perspective on it that i share and when you get into big corporations you find it rare so that's why i've been dying to have him up here because he he's passionate about it for it's sake yeah and to be honest he's not talking about 
his ungrateful wife spending his paychecks all the time or his spoiled <laughs> ass kids. Yeah. You know, like and oh, I don't know, that's maybe what people do at work. Yes, that's yes. right. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Oh, that is exactly. Hedonism oh, is not. You guys are sitting there in, in the cafeteria. He's like, my fucking no, life. No. <laughs> it, no yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll straight up tell somebody I don't care. <laughs> I will. It worked. Like, that come up, like, you know, in the nature of what I do, too. Like, yeah. there's more serious shit. Like, a bitch will come up and be like, did I tell you what my son did the other night? And I'll be like, no, but let me stop you right there. I don't yeah. care what your son did the other night. Yeah. And people laugh, but I'm for real. <laughs> yeah. And when I, I try to, I don't know, maybe it's pretentious of me. Sometimes I, I like kids. I like to know how people's kids are doing. Yeah. I like keeping up with them. I remember their ages and their birthdays. People forget I ran a Boys and Girls Club for like five or six years. Yeah. I love, I, I hope to do that one day when I don't have to work like a maniac. But if ever people respond to you like you, for something when you inquire about their kids, I'm like, I'm asking you about the thing, whether you realize or not, that you constantly beat yeah. my ears about. So I'm just like, hey, how is little Caleb? Yeah, yeah. And they look at me like, what? You knew he, I was like, yeah, remember you signed up for baseball and stuff? Yeah. Remember you like took half my lunch break and tell me about it? <laughs> like, how the fuck's baseball going? Yeah. But then again, you know, maybe it's not polite because most people are. No, I think it's totally I don't polite. think it's a matter of being Healthy polite. families like, with just husbands get weird and wives. Like, I can tell you about my kids, but don't ask about my kids because you're a creep. Why? <laughs> Pretty just much. Yeah. Someone, someone's gonna walk up behind you and be like Chris Hansen. They'll be like, "Why don't you take a seat over here, Mark?" Yeah, yeah. I'll ho- <laughs> I hope he does. Maybe because I'm gonna say, that. if he does, I'm gonna say, "Listen, I know they call you Chris Hansen, but I call you Chris Handsome." <laughs> I didn't come here looking for no boy. I'm not here for. You can skirt <laughs> the confusion completely, like to where they're like defensive in any way, shape, form, or fashion. By almost mm. angrily inquiring, be like, how's Brandon doing? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, Brandon's fine. We'll keep it that way. Yeah. And then you just walk. I should I should say, though, people are great. I'm just, I'm I'm megalomaniac. It's not, none of it's as bad Me as I make it saying. I just, I just, I do have like a little romantic desire that, that the value We're talking about kids, aren't you? <laughs> good point. Like good point. Good point. So I told you he's quick. It's like it's, he can roll. But you're you're a boss for for uh, as a matter of fact, Tucker. We brought his son in one day, Who's and I had a blast with me. You're, you're what boss. did I sign up for? What's happening? <laughs> he, he came in. It's like I'm gonna make the whole episode about. Yeah. It's gonna Come on, nice, get his nice, legs. Nice and creepy. Luffy, no. What I'm trying to say is. Nah, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say a real, 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 real deep, dark joke. But that would have put us in the Alex Jones territory. Alex Jones. The helicopters are flying in. We've got them. And they've got x-rays, chemtrails. They're making the the frogs gay. (laughs) They're making the frogs gay. Oh, please tell me you've seen that. That, Those are words that came out of that man's mouth. sick and tired of them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. But it's totally true, though. Don't get me started, guys. It's totally true. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally true. That wasn't even maybe the tone of voice. By the way, tangent alert, Alex Jones, this is no joke. I have a straight face for all the listeners. Alex Jones is a national treasure. I can't find a thing wrong with Alex Jones. Except for the Sandy Hook shit. Yeah, that shit was kind of that was foul. But he's having to pay for that. Yeah. Did did he did he go? Why did he go too far on that? He just he said it was made up. He just thought it was. Oh made yeah, up. it was libel. Like I mean, he I think for years I think he pressed that. Like and he did. It, it caused undue stress and anxiety for the families who actually was it, like, it twenty six children. I think it was something like twenty six kids. It was uh, wild, man. Hmm, that's wild. interesting. 
Otherwise, yeah. And, and what was it he said on the Joe Rogan podcast? He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little retarded." Yeah, he said that. Yeah. Those are actual words. Yeah, that that, that was Jay the Rogan one coming back. Does. But but he's man, I think he's a, I think he's a sweetheart. Well, he's white Kanye kind of person. like he's, he is. Oh my god! I'm yeah, sorry. They're, can they're can they're anyone fill forced. me in on like what happened with him being painted up all silver? I saw like weird videos. Um, I I don't know, but I, <laughs> some, some of the memes that are associated yeah, with hilarious. it are pretty they're pretty good. Jones was painted up silver. No, no, Kanye was. Oh. Yeah, Kanye West. But he was it, like it could a, have just as easily been Alex Jones. But that's the, to, to our point. They're yeah. the same person. I've never seen them in the same place at the same time, to be honest with you. Yeah, they are the same person. Recently, why. he was painted up silver. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was, and wearing for, like a silver moon suit type yeah. shit. Oh, goodness. He looked like a like an evil person on Power Rangers or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't get enough attention. stupid. Anyway, it's been a very busy week. Very, very busy week. There's been a lot of shit go down, and uh, there's been a lot of response on social and all sorts of other stuff. So, if for those of you guys who have been living under a fucking rock, um, you know, the United States launched an attack on very high ranking uh, military official in Iran. And um, he was in Iraq at the time, yes, correct? Yes. Yeah, he was in Iraq. Um, at the airport? General yeah. Soleimani. Yep, yes. Yep. Is it Qasem Soleimani? I think that's the name. But um, there was also was another strike. There was another notable individual that was killed in the strike as really? well. Yeah, that's my understanding. I well, believe that he was Iraqi personnel, okay. if I'm not oh, mistaken. Was it? I think so. See, the biggest thing for why I wanted to talk about this episode is not so much, in my opinion, what happened. Because America does shit like this all the time. Like this is this is not anything like abnormal. We're always killing someone. It's just it just so happened that this is a and I'm doing my air quotes here win that Trump likes to tout. Right, it's a trophy. This yeah, it's just a trophy, and it's in my opinion, it's well timed. He's there's the impeachment stuff going on. It's an election year. It's it just makes sense. This is what you like it. The the number it's a great the stats PR shown, move. If nothing else, it's a yeah, great and, and PR history move. has shown. That in times of, and I'm doing air quotes, war, um, they never change presidents. That's something that the United States has, has historically never done. And especially not from a warlike president to a more like non-involved type exactly. entity. Exactly. So what I'm more interested in rather than the act is the response by the American people, just our society in general. Um, I try to keep a pretty uh, even... Um, social media experience like the amount of people that that i think are educated and the amount of people that are complete fucking idiots and then i keep a very uh somewhat equal mix of um conservative and very liberal people and so you deliberately be smart and stupid yeah, people yeah damn cool. there was one there was one girl that posted today um and she was one of the stupid ones but she posted today um Bless her heart. Yeah, yeah no. Bless her heart. <laughs> like, like, it's a shame. She's doing like, the best she can, but fuck her. She's stupid. Yeah, I'm like, I'll, I'll like like something and be like, man, such that you are so <coughs> dumb. But um, I'm sure they're good at other things, but just not at being smart. <laughs> so, you know, they uh, they posted some more bullshit. <laughs> I know, he's really and, mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they posted some more bullshit online and, you know, got a rise out of people. But again, my big focus is what this has done to the American people. You have people that are coming out of the woodwork talking about World War III. Like, you people just throw these terms around like it's nothing. 
you know, and there's the, there people are making all kinds of memes. People are saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go to Iran and I'm ready. To, people don't even know anything about the area. And so one thing that I want, that I wish that we can do um, is to educate people a little bit more. I don't want us to be claiming to be any sort of experts on the matter, but I think a place where we can all really provide good commentary on is what has been happening in our in our different circles of, of friends and stuff like that. So what is it looking like for some of you all? Well, can I just get something off my chest really quick? And Absolutely. this, I have not said anything on social media. I about noticed, this. and I knew that you were calculating. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, mm, I wonder, and again, not to be too conspiratorial, but I wonder how deep the pageantry goes because this individual is being touted as being incredibly influential. Uh, they they talked about his capacity, um, him being basically uh, instrumental in not only military matters, but sociopolitical matters. And he had like a 90% approval rating, is my understanding as well. He sounds like a politician to me. Yes. So... Could it stand to reason that there was some local entity that would have a vested interest in him disappearing? Some some status quo entity in Iran that would stand to benefit from it appearing that the United States assassinated this individual and everybody just puts up their hackles for a minute for the global stage and then really it was just kind of a handshake behind closed doors like yo we need this dude gone yeah. he he's putting my my sovereignty as far as supreme leader here in question uh let's go ahead and get him out of the motherfucking way so this is funny that you say that because this same thing happened i believe in the 50s so there was um i think it was muhammad mosaddegh that's his name it was back in the 50s in iran and um during that time, I, I, I've got to go through and check. Like there, right before that, there was the I think this guy was the last Shah of the area. It was like a king kind of person in that area. And America and Britain and countries like that really wanted a stake in what Iran, what Iran hot had, which was oil, was what everyone has. You know, there was plans to nationalize oil, which thought that it would make the country a lot of money and all this kind of stuff. And so America actually has been fucking with Iran since back then. Well, there was like there was westernization immediately well, following that. that. Like dude, Iran was lit back then. Well, yeah, like it was it much was, more progressive. Yeah, yeah. Like women were driving cars yeah, and yeah. like dressing like baddies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but and then there the was, Ayatollah there was, showed up, right? Yeah, there was coup attempts that happened over there and it was by the United States and Britain. That's something that we've been doing since the very beginning. And so this same thing is happening. It's just history repeating itself. Now, with you being a cybersecurity mm-hmm. person, out past that uh, time, and then, of course, there was the Iranian Revolution. After everything happened, when, when Pakistan uh, dropped, they exploded their first atomic bomb. They're trying to figure out where this came from. All these things were starting to point to Iran and this guy who designed a lot of the, the stuff and went from Pakistan to Libya, Libya mm-hmm. to Iran. And so we, America's first attack, in my opinion, on Iran was in, I think it was 2008. And it was a, it was the first cyber, cyber Stuxnet. weapon. Stuxnet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Mark, I don't know if you had heard of Stuxnet before as well. Yeah, I've heard of Stuxnet. So that was the first one uh, dev- uh, devised for them. It was in conjunction with America and Israel. Israel's still here wanting yep. to fuck shit up, wanting them gone too. Um, and so we have been constantly messing with them since then. But people just didn't understand mm-hmm. anything about it back then. People started to get a catch wind of what was going on with Stuxnet once once you know they put the put the worm on steroids mm-hmm. and it started spreading worldwide. And it was so, uh, it was actually <clears throat> I think it was picked up by a lot of uh, cybersecurity like there are a lot of hunter firms out there mm-hmm. that basically they just do like forensic analysis yeah. of like wild malware. Yeah, and uh, they. Didn't know what it I was. Heard, yeah, and I heard they that they there were so many places they were like, "What is this?" Because it would just get on a computer, it would get on a flash and it drive, would sit there. It would, it would just be like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't yeah. do anything." What is this? What is going on here? But until that fateful day when it finally made its way to the nuclear centrifuges that were actually, it changed like a very, very small parameter, just yeah. enough to reduce the efficiency and eventually destroy the. It actually destroyed a mm-hmm. thousand nuclear um, uh, centrifuges. Centrifuges. It was, it was used for. Of them making the uranium basically yeah it was, it's insane it was designed specifically for that but it wasn't like deployed there it wasn't yeah. like dropped there it mm-hmm. like started in america and just went everywhere until it found what it was looking for it's nuts yeah man so th- <clears throat> we've been messing with this country for a very long time and now it's just starting to get out but th- things are a lot different from 2008 until now because everyone is so very much connected, like Facebook and all these news sources are very quick to push stories out there. And when this happens, you can easily rile up an entire society. And so as I see people clamoring for war and clamoring for violence and all this other shit, they're talking about a person they never cared or even knew about. So what, why does that shit happen to us? Like, how is it? And, and we've talked in great length about episodes about being discerning consumers of information. Why in the world do we choose now to become stupid? And the other thing too, when when something really bad happens in the Middle East, the people who get affected more than the people over there, in my opinion, are the Middle Eastern people here. Because if you guys remember after 9-11, fucking everyone, if you looked, if you were Mexican, you might be considered Muslim just because of your skin color. Islamophobia yeah, was Islam- rampant. Exactly. And it's going to, it's going to go up again. That's mm-hmm. the shit that I'm scared of right now is when you start to see Indian people or something mm-hmm. like that. And if you remember Hassan, um, he's the comedian. Minhaj. Minhaj. Yeah. When he was saying like after nine 11, people were giving him shit and, and his family and everything like that. Yeah. Like, can you just imagine what's going on right now? There's, I'm already seeing the anti-Iranian memes. I'm seeing all sorts of crazy shit. So it's like, how, how do we put this subject through the grinder and how do we give our listeners good content to go over? Well, I, I would go ahead and say that I, I, and I don't think that this is too folksy, but often the best lies have at least some modicum of truth to them. Mm. Like part of the framework entails some reference point or series of reference points that allow somebody that is potentially a discerning consumer of information to be like, okay, I'm going to put this constellation of information together and then I'm going to draw some passing understanding of it because it doesn't necessarily affect me immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the pageantry that's associated with what's going on right now is what is so alarming to me is because like you said, this is an individual that none of us 
had on our radar whatsoever. And I think everybody in this room would like to think that we're pretty tapped into what the fuck's going on to mm. a degree. We're not really. I no. mean, and, and this underscores that. And that should underscore that for everybody that's listening to this. But I think really the sensationalization of this is really where the truth resides. I think that's where you're going to find any kind of meaningful uh, understanding about why this has occurred and the implications of this is the degree of, uh, of again, no, nothing else to say other than sensationalization. Mm. But, uh, dude, I, honest to God, I, I, I think if you're talking about Iran being allies with Russia, China... I mean, yeah. there everybody has this mutually assured destruction in place. Not, everybody, not just military, militarily, but economically, it yeah. does not serve us a purpose to yeah. go into the same type of wars that people went into in World War Two and World War One. Yeah. That's can, why I don't buy it. Exactly. I don't that's buy why it I don't buy I don't it, buy and that's why it. I entertain entertain so much of what's called conspiracy theories because um, I don't know what the word is for, it, but it connects like like a complete sentence. Mm. But the narrative I hear about our our occupation of those areas and the reasons given sound like incomplete sentences to me overall. Mm. But when I hear the stuff that the conspiracy theory, so-called conspiracy theory, something, it makes sense. When I hear that, oh, there's a guy who owns a company that sells tanks and sells missiles. And guess what? It's his cousin that's responsible for this part. Like all that stuff makes perfect sense to me sure. when all it takes is a few signatures on a few pieces <clears throat> of paper by a very small amount of people yeah. and tremendous amount of revenues generated from, from uh, the consequences of that. So and tremendous amounts of debt as well. Yeah. Debt. And if it's, and it's a huge, it's a huge example of pitting poor people against poor people too. Mm. Even though they are the, poor, uninformed people. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that it, their their standard for what is what constitutes poor may be different than ours, but yeah. it's the subject class, I guess, being pitted against the other subject class. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, Jesus Christ, assuming that this is true, and and I I hate anymore talking about like bringing up news articles and stuff. I know that. I was talking to you, you both about the the fake news generator that I found, and uh, now it's just maybe not really believe anything anymore. But there was an article that I read, and we can talk about that later on today if you guys want to. But there was an article that I read about how um, how our president was was able to secure two trillion dollars towards this effort. You know, more weapons, you know, mobilizing troops, all sorts of stuff. In, you know, in preparation for some possible escalation it's it's crazy thinking about and i know that the way budgets work that the budget for education or the budget for something is not the same budget for the military or for anything else but just think of how quickly problems can be solved if you just want if it if you want it bad enough if it made the most money to the most people if it generated enough jobs or something like that you can just create a solution just like that $2 trillion, if someone were to ask for $2 trillion for any other thing, they'd look at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. But after something like this, asking for $2 trillion, when you show enough videos of a bunch of people burning American flags and all this other stuff, knowing that they have no capability of coming here and starting a war. Like, mm -hmm. people don't realize, if you want to even talk on just, like, militarism and all that kind of shit, like, I don't even think Iran has, a, has an aircraft carrier. 
Like, there's no way no. for them to transport their entire army over here. And we have so many assets all over the place, they wouldn't make it that far. So people are talking about this war, sending troops, all this other stuff. And again, I'm not going to fully understand the whole thing. But the point of, that I'm trying to make is that we have poverty. We have education. We have the shitty road infrastructure, all sorts of stuff. I think that $2 trillion can go towards something pretty nice. I also think that in in these days, the wars that are fought are not in with guns. They're fought with hackers. They're fought you know, in, in data centers and all this kind of stuff. And they're not just hacking a military. They're hacking the companies that the militaries deal with because they know that those groups are not secure. They're hacking the phone companies. Like, you, you people don't understand how often carriers get hacked. Like, that shit happens quite a bit. And so, to like, that if you're going to spend $2 trillion, secure the fuck out of our networks. Because if you want to see the dark ages, bring down America's networks. Like that's what I, in my and you're the you're that's, the cybersecurity person. Here. That's and that's already that's already happening. We've got a lot of municipalities that are vulnerable. You've heard of like Boston getting hit with ransomware attacks, and these aren't even necessarily nation states. We're not even talking about China or Russia. We're talking about a uh, bunch of pissed off kids, bunch like of, domestic, yeah, it, potentially domestic, uh, unlikely domestic, but just a bunch of people like just in people that don't care that stand to benefit that's financially. Like that's care. period. Like it's, and it's, but the, the amount of devastation and havoc that it causes is just astronomical. And to think if that's just random people, like they are sophisticated in their methods and techniques, but to think if it was a nation state that actually had the pervasive ability to enlist the help of literal spies, like actual people, boots on the ground, social engineering, like people like in the place doing the stuff, physically accessing the machines, dude, like we're, we're so, I I honestly think that we're behind in terms of like cyber. I worked for a DOD company and like in terms of like the level of security that we had. Yeah, we had security controls in place and things like that. It was abysmal. And the the weakest element is always going to be the human element, but the human like there's there are people that study cybersecurity and then there's everybody else that uses computers. And everybody in the world has to use a computer. Nobody understands what security means in that mm-hmm. scope and it's just I, has anything um um on par with stuck stuck snet happened? Yes. Um, not. I don't want to say to the notoriety that Stuxnet um, has, but I mean, you remember WannaCry? That was yep. a nation-state sponsored attack. Mm-hmm. That was uh, North Korea, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And if you want to talk about how dangerous like cyber attacks and things like that are, in terms of like Iran, they're talking about retaliating. To your point, that is like that's that's the way they're going to do it. Yes. Like if they're going to do it, it's going to be through the internet. They don't have to launch bomb. They don't have to fire a bullet. That's how they'll do it. WannaCry, while it may not be intended. Probably, I think it cost like 113 people their lives. Like they mm-hmm. couldn't get the care or the treatment that they needed. They yep. couldn't um, gain access to the medical records, previous prescriptions, the the things that they needed, the tools that they needed access to to treat these people and help yes. them when they were sick and dying. They didn't have access to it, and people yep. died. Yep. People died because of a computer virus. The and same that's, thing happened in Russia when Russia attacked, uh, cyber attacked Ukraine. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They brought down their financial sector, and it made it hard. People couldn't access their money to go pay for medicine. They would try to go to you know to the ATM and take care of things, and they couldn't take they couldn't pay for anything. And then it also, I think the same virus. It could have been, might have been a different one. And I wish that I could remember the name of it. But they attacked Maersk. Have you heard of that company, Maersk, the shipping? It's a yeah. Swiss company. I seem to remember that. Yeah, they that ship was everything. that was yeah. not something. It was called not something. Yeah. Um, not want to cry. No, <laughs> it was, no, it was another very uh, impactful virus, and the subsequent one that attacked America was 
so similar to it that they thought it was it. Yeah. But so they named it. They named it not. But I can't remember. I want to say. I really honestly want to say that it was not Wanna Cry or not. Nah, 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 nah. It wasn't Wanna Cry. It's like on the tip of my tongue. But what happened is, like, the shipping containers they couldn't go anywhere. So you have food. You have valuable materials. You have all sorts of stuff that gets shipped, you know, you know, across the ocean. Like that's the perishable items. Yeah. They brought all that shit down. And it caught, I think it cost the company, it was, I think it was a hundred and something billion dollars because it attacked, it took over everything. And the only way that they were able to get it back, and I, it's still fresh in my mind because I was listening to about this a, a little bit ago, is that they had a, a data center, I think it was in Senegal or something like that, that the shit just hadn't touched yet. Mm-hmm. And so they, they had to clone that server to be able to revive every single thing out. Then they had to hire... Like they were literally renting employees and systems engineers from different companies to be able to help them bring their stuff back. It was it was called not Petya, not yeah. Petya. Yeah, and yeah. It so was a that was a variation. It was the Russian like a, virus. Yeah, it's a variation of a ransomware though. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It was a yeah. variation of Petya. Yeah. So and what was called Petya in that? Area. That is what. That's the shit that people need to be scared of, and that's the shit that'll let make you feel powerless. People want to feel powerful talking about our military being able to fuck shit up. Yeah, they can do that, but. They, like the real war is over the internet, man. It's in the information, and they'll start flood. Like, here's one of the things that we also did mm-hmm. when I think it was just a couple couple of years ago. America <clears throat> created their cyber, mm-hmm. uh, their uh, cyber defense team, just like Israel has 8200. Mm-hmm. I think 8200 people might have founded some of the stuff that you guys work with. Uh, but anyway, the um, so we had our we had our team, and one of the things that we did in Iran. I think it was Iran. No, Syria. During uh, during the you know when things were really really crazy over there, was we flooded their news network for ISIS because that was the way that ISIS was able to spread their influence. Was they had this very sophisticated news network and they kept people informed on the stuff that they were doing. And we went in there and just spread bad news, fucked up stories, slowed down their ability to spread news like that. And that's what started. You know, that's what aided in bringing down ISIS. The same shit can easily happen here. So, the one of the one of the biggest if if I if I kind of trail off into like a, a distant land or something like bring me back to reality, please. Sure. But um, the biggest threat I think domestically, like in terms of like physical violence, is going to be white supremacy. Yes. And it's guerrilla guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. is is probably the better term because even if it is like um, backed by Iranians or Saudi Arabians or whatever the case may be, it's going to be individuals acting alone. Individuals acting alone do the most damage. Yes. Most ca- like it's just fact. Like mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Like people are going shooting up churches and schools. It's one guy just pissed off. Yep. You know. And remember that one guy that shot up the gay club in Orlando? <clears throat> oh, the yeah, Pulse yeah. nightclub shooting. Oh, yeah, Pulse nightclub Killed shooting. The fuck out of yeah, of fifty people. people. He did. And then you know, ISIS started to claim credit for it and all this other kind of stuff. People mm-hmm. started to try and make links to that. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of shit is going to happen. Because it, it messes with people's heads. Like the, the biggest thing that you can attack on the American people mm-hmm. is attack their sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And the and this whole idea that we're a bunch of fucking badasses and all this kind of stuff. It's it's we're not. We're not. No, like Joe Rogan actually had a thing on his podcast. He was talking to somebody and they were it was like a, a fighter that he has on from time to time. I can't remember what his name is. But he just kind of noted on people don't understand they don't have the capacity for violence they don't understand what violence is yeah. they've never been in a fight in their life they'll they'll start talking shit to somebody and they don't understand 
what violence is yeah. like oh i'm gonna get in a fight with this guy and we're gonna bump chest and then that's gonna be the end of it it's like no nah, man like you don't know when that escalation that one little moment could be just like you're dead bite your ear off. yeah bite your ear yeah. off or just like literally pull out a gun shoot fair? you in the head yeah, like exactly. anything could happen like in- one of my friends he's a he's a marine he you know he did multiple tours in afghanistan he, he would always tell me the scariest enemy is like is someone who simply just does is not afraid to die yeah like it, it doesn't matter what's going on in their head like and it when it comes that time to shoot someone you have you will do mm-hmm. bunch of mental calculus in there some people are trained to to go and pull the trigger and mm-hmm. think nothing of it kudos to you but for those which which i believe is the majority of people in our society you'll think about it for a little bit. Oh yeah. You'll scream at the person. Yeah. But you know, get the fuck down, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, Chris is like, no, but mm-hmm. you, you have to be in a certain mindset to just not ask questions and kill someone. And I think the majority of us are not about that life. And no, you see a God, lot of no. the people that are talking the shit online, yeah. you know, and ready to kill some Iranians, ready to do this, that, and the other. I don't think they're about well, that see, life. And, and I ain't with that shit. Like, this arbitrary, like, threat of violence, like, dangling, swinging around, that kind of shit. No, but, like, being trained <clears throat> to be competent from a very early age when it comes to, like, handling firearms and self-defense and shit like that does have a profound influence on how an individual assesses situations, I feel like. It makes you even more prone to want to avoid conflict because you know that one moment you can be here and the next moment. That's perfect that you said that. Why is it that the country with all the guns, with all the ships, with all the jets, with all the missiles, every single thing, why is it that we still feel this need to fuck people up? And in my opinion, it goes to the, the episode we were talking about with the greatest lie ever told and leading into and hell, I would rather I don't mind just talking about it right now. This gene in a lot of us, in many of us, to conquer, to go and and blow shit up, to explore. Like, if you have, if that is just suppressed too much, there are certain types of human beings that just want, like, again, we talked about it before. This is, in my opinion, why we have, like, the X Games. It's an adrenaline rush. It is a thing, like, I've got to go and do something. i got to go surf, skydive, bungee jump. You, you blow someone you up. came up through the sociology program sure. with me and sociology's big thing is that the socialization process for human beings is a much more profound influencer of behavior than is absolutely. one's genetic predisposition absolutely and you know that's debatable to varying degrees uh you know from individual to individual some people can be more hardwired for certain predispositions, whereas some other people can be much more moldable. I mean, and again, fuck it. I know it, it sounds terse and people don't like it, but genetic variation, according to region, where you have some degree of homogeny, it constitutes different breeds of human mm-hmm. beings. You're still well, the then, same creature, wh- what? but you're different breeds of human beings. And there are certain behavioral patterns that may or may not correlate with that the thing is in the united states this melting pot or whatever they tell us that it's the melting pot which to me again underscores the idea of assimilate Mm -hmm. and abide by what amounts to eurocentric value systems a predatory eurocentric value system even individuals that don't have a genetic predisposition necessarily towards what we have anthropologically coined as the conqueror gene can still get caught up in 
the socialization process that is forced on us as Americans, the American dream. Very you good. Be a proud. Don't stay. You. No, nobody's better than well, America. America. Well, that can Fuck we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that has a profound influence on everybody yeah. else too. So even cats that are from far and wide genetically, if you drink that American Kool Aid, yes, you're imbibing in that conqueror mentality. And that, and again, epigenetics. We could talk about epigenetics. Yeah. If you have multiple generations of people that are imbibing in that, like. Well, my, my grandfather was served in the military. My father serves in the military. I serve in the military. My child is probably going to serve in the military. Uh, I, I, there, there are implications for that as well. So you have a country where subject class is bred and socialized towards being utilized. I mean, you can utilize an enormous amount of these poor kids to go and do your fucking bidding. That's labor. Yeah, that That's is labor. labor yeah. That's that they're they're a enormously valuable fucking commodity, and also, and that's one of the reasons why you know, anti-abortion, in my opinion, is such a big issue. Like, fuck it, let's let's have them born and then let's process them in one way, shape, form, or fashion. But that's that's another topic altogether. The obsession with the United States still continuing with this war, this conqueror stuff, I think overwhelmingly at this point, again, goes back to pageantry. I think it's already been solidified who the big big players are for the most part, and there is an understanding of mutually assured destruction. And George Carlin said that people don't have to have formal meetings in private rooms to know that they have converging interests. Mm. So I think the stage is already set as far as that's concerned. And then I think the rest of it is like soap opera style shit with the subject class essentially living and dying it until until the eventual collapse. But that's just me. I sure. just I just be thinking something real, that abysmal uh, shit. You, you don't really you don't really hear it as much. And it used to be like, you know, this is the stuff you hear when you like put your tinfoil hat on uh, either the military industrial complex or the prison industrial complex. I know that sounds crazy, but having been in DOD, seeing the insane amounts of money and the amount of wastes there, Ooh, you yeah. want to blow stuff up. You want to use those munitions. You want to... It's just like iPhones. It's just like planned obsolescence, but yes. it's with weapons and yeah. guns and people, you know? Yeah. And it's just... It just feeds into itself. And when it comes to, like, the prison industrial complex, that is an entity that should seek to dismantle itself. That's the, the, the phrase, the quote that I've heard. Yeah. Like, the prison... People that run private prisons should seek to run themselves out of business. Out of business. But what do they want? Yeah, they want money, mm -hmm. and so they've got to keep sending more and more people to these private prisons and things like that. Same thing with the um, military-industrial complex. They got to keep sending people to die. They got to keep sending people to fight. They got to blow. Up. They got. They have to use bombs so they can buy so more they, bombs. It's, bombs it's don't the same reason why that those same people <clears throat> bitch about communism. And it's, it's the same fucking principle as to why they think that communism is such a nefarious fucking mm -hmm. entity. Because it's it's not them that's living and dying it. There's yeah. going to be a small group of people that, that hold all the fucking chips. And then everybody else is going to be left to fight over scraps. And and that's what you see on... That's what it is now. That is currently what you see now. And and we have... And, and I was talking to my girlfriend earlier today as we were pulling in the motherfucking driveway. And we were talking about this. And she's like, you know, it, it's to the point... And she's very candid about shit, and she don't pay near as much attention to it as I do, or even try to. But she's like, it's to the point where I hear that we're about to go to World War Three, 
and I don't even feel anything. Like I'm not even phased by it. And I'm like, I don't know what to think. And I was like, it's because you are so far removed from the potential reality of if the shit hits the fan. And that's by design to, mm-hmm. you know, keep people pacified and, and mad because they're, their internet speed is a little bit low mm-hmm. and not understanding the fact. And I always go back to it, not, not to be a Luddite or some shit like that, but I always go back to one of the most essential and empowering fucking things an individual can do is one for themselves, develop personal efficacy when it comes to learning crafts and skills, you know, automotive repair, fucking, uh, as traditional things that we have now outsourced to other people and become, organically tied together. You know, if the lungs die, then everything else fucking dies. It's it's a much more precarious thing. However, with mechanical solidarity, you can be dope at X, Y, and Z. You can be a jack of all trades, but you might be dope as fuck about this one thing. The cool thing about that is, is that under mechanical solidarity, you've got that. And that culture, say it doesn't just reside with you, say your neighbor is also part of that type of mindset, with that type of mindset, if the shit does hit the fan, ladies and gentlemen, there is a much lower likelihood that people are going to immediately be cutting each other's throats for resources and a much greater likelihood that they're going to be looking to each other for cooperation. Oh, yeah. Mechanical solidarity is essential for ongoing p- proliferation. And and if there is a collapse or when there is a collapse, the greater the dependency that you have on this ever-expanding system that is overwhelmingly just an illusory security blanket, the more vulnerable you're fucking going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to read something here by um, uh, written by Forbes magazine. It says, as the Iranian government has done so, however, it has left its own people behind. Iranian adventurism costs billions. Every Iranian real spent on weaponry for foreign fighters means one fewer real uh, available to feed, clothe, and shelter Iranians. Sounds like here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the United States. <laughs> Sounds just like here, right? Yeah. Um, says last month, new protests arose in Iran uh, against the Iranian government and the spending of Iran's national treasure overseas. As in Iraq, uh, these Iranian protests for the first time included riots in formerly pro-government areas said that the, the mullah, as it mullah or mullah, had to cut off the internet, then watch as the IRGC and the internal, I don't know this word, modules, I don't know, modules, I don't know how to say it, security police fought uh, almost uh, warlike battles against protesters in order to quell the demonstrations. Hundreds of Iranians died, if not thousands. The internet has now been uh, mostly restored to Iran, and the protests smothered, but the bitterness of the people towards their government is more pronounced than ever that President Trump ordered uh, Soleimani killed. Make no mistake, the assassination is a major escalation. There is no way to predict where this ends. The attack constitutes a big gamble by President Trump with an unknown and extremely dangerous outcome. Recent history uh, proves the old adage that it's easier to start a war than to end it. And I think that in this uh, time that we're living in, this is definitely ringing true. It's, It's very hard to end wars because we're fighting wars of ideals and ideals cannot die. The only way to kill an idea is to kill the person. Like, and it, and, and if you kill a person with a strong enough idea, they become a martyr. And so we're just going into this endless cycle. One of the things that I believe you Mark said is we should be focusing on meeting people where they are. Has anyone ever asked these people, what do you want? Like, 
what do you really want? Don't don't blow me up, please. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> please probably, don't blow me up. <laughs> probably they want to be left alone. I'm assuming there are yeah. some radical ones that are like we yeah. want the whole world to be. Yeah, but they're on the same side. There's we want the whole world to be democratic. We want the whole world to be Christian. We want the whole. I think world to be the this. Uh, I think the count. I read an article recently. I think the count that everybody knows since the war in Afghanistan started. I think it's around four thousand American troops have died, mm-hmm. but. Not, well over a million. Not it's like two. It's like close to two hundred thousand for like civilians, like over 200, there. Yeah, civilians. Two hundred thousand civilians. Two hundred thousand over two hundred thousand civilians. Well, I remember reading like, it's being like. It's like oh no, million. we lost four thousand troops, but I. I, I, I mean, it's being, it's still it's still it's a tragedy. It's still it's still well, horrible. Think, think about okay, and this is a bit of a, a, a tangential element, but think about what happened with the American Indians, and I think that there was, I can't remember who said it, but. You talk about enslavement. Mm-hmm. Why weren't American Indians enslaved? Why were Africans brought over? And why weren't why weren't there more indigenous people utilized as slaves? I would. My argument for that would be is that Native Americans they they had an established a somewhat established civilization. It might not have been as advanced as ours, but the soon the soon as we start aggressing against them, they can fight back. We bring in people that don't have a civilization, don't have families, don't have backgrounds. In many, in many cases, they were conquered. Yeah. And they were traded by yeah. the dominant uh, group of well, Africans. And something that I, w- I had read once upon a time, and it was one of these, you know, archaic references to suitability as far as slaves were concerned. And it was discussing how suitable the Negro was mm-hmm. regarding being a slave versus the indigenous individual. Yeah. And it said overwhelmingly that indigenous populations, when any bids to enslave them, they would just basically shut down. Yeah. Yeah. They would physiologically shut down. And again, on our Where the Wave Breaks episode, you're, you're, essentially, you're dealing with a continent of individuals that are very genetically unique. I mean, this is essentially the... As far as humanity had gotten tra- traveling from west to east, that's mm-hmm. as far as humanity had gotten. So you look at these populations like the American Indians that by all fucking measures should be blowing shit up. Yep. And I know that that I don't mean that in any kind of literal fucking sense, like to encourage it by any means, but if we look at history and, and look at groups that have been disenfranchised, American Indians should be wilding the fuck out. What did they do? They took Alcatraz for, um, I think it was just shy of a year or just over a year. They were there for quite some time. But they, they rocked on on Alcatraz. Really nonviolent. Nothing bad fucking happened with that. But you, that happened on our own soil and nothing has occurred from it there's no risk of american indian cells of extremism or anything like that then you've got another group of individuals that are perpetually prodded and cold and killed abused subjugated very old genetics the opposite of american indians as far as genetics are concerned that that entire area manifests some of the oldest genetics, intact genetics on the fucking planet. Who are you speaking of? Oh, uh, uh, the Middle East. Yeah. The Middle East. Okay. Yeah. Middle Eastern individuals, if you were to look at it from an anthropological standpoint, oh, yeah. American Indians are a much younger group <clears throat> biologically than folks from the Middle East are. Yeah. These people, 
very well, again, you talk about American Indians and their subjugation and how they're like, fuck, like, why y'all doing that, this to us? <laughs> it's, it's not, and it's not a slight against American Indians. It's just like, it's an entirely different value system that has its roots, both culturally and genetically, whereby it's like, I, I'm not going to spill your fucking blood to assert my position in this world. Yeah. And then you've got some of the oldest genetics on the planet that have a very different value system that are associated with it. And it's constantly fucking manipulated in those goddamn terms. So even if how many generations of cats of us, even leaving them the fuck alone, would it take for them to not have a bad taste in their mouth oh, regarding the take, West? Or is that even possible? It would at take this 10, point? I think tens of generations. Yeah, I, think, I think in world war two, that's when we kind of started moving in, into there because we were like in North Africa and things like that mm-hmm. and things just kind of slowly started progressing west. So I mean it's been that's been it seems to be years. seems well, like we've had we've had stake <clears throat> in in the middle well Britain mainly had the big mm-hmm. stake. But I tend to lump Britain and the United States very close together in a no. lot of things. Um but yes they had the big stake after World War One mm-hmm. where they were like, oh shit, there's oil here. Yeah. And that, and then, of course, they went. They moved into India mm-hmm. and places like that, where it was very resource rich and everything. You got everyone has to understand. Much of the European nations are very resource poor, yeah. so you have to go and take over something. Em- empires, <laughs> you gotta like, conquer something. You got, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing is that empires very much used to the the flex of having an empire was based upon overall land mass for yes. the most part. And it did entail like certain little crown jewels within your empire that produced this spice or this precious metal or whatever. But now consolidation of power is much more possible. You can exist in Saudi Arabia and hold a infinitely disproportionate amount of fucking chips on a global scale now, whereas previously your empire was geographically bound. Now it's tied up in capital. Mm-hmm information yeah yeah and again i i just i can't i can't believe that with as much as they would like us to believe is at stake i could i can't believe that we would play things so fast and loose so i have to believe that this is just a soap opera It, it, it in my opinion it is and i keep telling people that there will not be a world war three like I, I I have to tell you, it's not it's not going to be what you think. The World War don't I, listen to the memes. No, please don't. <laughs> it's more to likely the memes. to be a civil war than a fucking World War Three. Sure, in this motherfucker. there's going to be like little isolated things, but it's I I seriously doubt that it's going to be something where large armies are mobilizing and firing on each other on on multiple fronts and stuff like that. Why it costs too much shit. too much money? Like you will start to see, and they're doing it now. Oil prices have gone back up. So because of this whole thing, Iran is going to, they have retaliated by upping their oil prices. And that's going to destabilize economies. Like you hurt people in their wallet. Then you make them, those people are going to get angry with their governments. And then you have power changes. But but think about this. Assuming that this is a, a show. Literally everybody that holds cards in this stands to benefit from it sure literally every fucking nation that holds cards in this stands to fucking benefit from it and and again that's making the assumption that that there really isn't this contention like this chest pump whatever 
that it's it's really just the subject class that's yeah. getting stirred up about it. But what, again, what, again, I'll keep telling people that that you should be stirred up. You should be more stirred up in the the knowledge that your bank probably isn't secure. That all these things that you access are likely going to get hot, hacked. Like I would be worrying about Google. I'd be worrying about Apple. All these other all these other companies where it's like you can you can have a bigger attack on an entire group of people just bringing down shit like that. Like I'm telling you, that is where the real no. war is. It's not going to be what, what people up? think it is. The thing that that ha- happened recently that mm-hmm. that Trump Trump had someone killed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. What's the what's likely to happen next with that? World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> World War Three. <laughs> no, like. Price for talkies are going to go up. Gas. No, the gas is going to go up. Gas will go up. I mean, it's going to like their retaliation. In my opinion, is going to be hacking because there are tons of hacker groups out there. And this and happened there's, like two days ago. Yeah, right this was two days ago. And then yeah, there's like, so many groups that don't give a shit about raising hell that that's where I think the real problem is going to start. Hey, it. Is it because they is, they can't they can't go and it, yes they'll activate sorry sorry to cut you off Chris but they'll oh, they'll good. they'll activate yeah you know, there will be the activation of different terror cells and stuff like that because this guy did have ties to Hezbollah and other groups like that that's just what's a lot happen. of them that, that we fucking created oh you yeah know, we we well, fit, we fed I, I, them I, fucking I, he was a arms. general yeah yeah army general. I also think we created the cartel He's an, uh, but, Iranian general but yeah interesting fact okay not only is <clears throat> Trump up for re-election, but according to what I just looked up, uh, the Iranian president, the establishment mm-hmm. is twenty twenty one is their next election yeah. too. So a lot of this shit is coinciding. If, if you think about it, the sh- the fist shaking, the like stirring up this and using it as a talking point and and, and demonizing, I don't know, an entire culture of fucking people. Because what what was happening? Who who was the enemy right before this happened? Who 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 was the <laughs> Good enemy? Good question, Chris. <laughs> who was the enemy? I mean, for real, right? I, I'm being for real too. Good question. Okay, so they things started to to oh, it's about to fall off, huh? Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, the catalyst was the attack on the U.S. embassy that they said that Soleimani had yeah coordinated or mm-hmm. instigated or did whatever. Perfect. Yes. Um. Something that's so interesting, like talking about all this stuff, like going back and forth and everybody benefiting. I don't know. I don't want to be one of these people that's like, oh my God, you should read 1984 by George Orwell. It's, uh, like, the, it's like the best book out there. But man, you read that like book and they there's a whole section that talks about. So he's like a dude that works at like uh, an intelligence committee and he's the one that like proofreads any type of media or anything that gets released to mm-hmm. anyone. Right. And it goes out and it's always like pro, I think. I, I don't think he's with Eurasia. I think he's still with like Great Britain or something, Mm -hmm. but they're like all these different, you know, nationalities. Obviously it's a fictional book. Um, But he proofreads a lot of stuff. And eventually he meets up with a guy who's like part of the resistance. And he actually is like kind of given the truth. It's like, this is what's happening with Eurasia. This is what's, it's three major factions, like the United States, Eurasia and uh, Europe Mm -hmm. effectively or something. I can't remember. It's, but it's like three factions and they're having all these fake wars, right? Like just over and over and over again, just to like, just to cull the population and just because that's what dr- that's what drives the economy now at that point is Absolutely. the manufacturing of these goods and stuff and that's all talked about um, in that book and it's it was written in the 
fifties or something like that. It was written like a long, long time ago. And the fact that it's just like, it's, it's almost prophetic, like how like spot on it is. Well, because in every one of these conversations, the ultimate explanation is commercial. It's, it remains spot on because money, if they're saying they're doing it because it drives economy and they're saying that, macro scale of alimentation is absolutely unavoidably necessary for human beings so they might as well orchestrate it and i don't see how it's not true all the time because i i just can't get my head around it, it just boggles me it's why i'm sending like zoned out i can't like i can't understand the reason for it i can't understand why you you can't take fifty thousand troops and at uh at the end of a barrel force irrigation of fresh water into yeah. Yemen Gosh. and transformed the entire oh, civilization. Yeah. Fresh water equals fresh agriculture equals less people pissed off. At yeah, you you go you get out of the Bronze Age instantly, and then their mentality is not. You'll see you'll see Islam, you'll see Wahhabism go away, and yeah. the regular Islam that's as boring as Baptist Baptist Christianity yeah. is in this part of the world. It'll exact, that's exactly what will happen. They they use that as an extreme way of yes. responding to their you know crazy unstable environment. That's why I say meet but people it'll where get they are. Find right, out right. What exactly is that yeah. they want? Yeah, just take away that. But it's so strange. I don't know. Like, maybe those people are smarter than than us, and they know that that you must have some. I don't believe it, but it seems like that the the ruling class believes it. It's necessary that we carry on this way that yeah. someone has to always be dying it, yeah like, like they're the shepherds of our existence yeah it's like like that that chaos if you will has to keep going uh, it's kind of weird like you talk about like meeting people in the middle and like i think you could not talk even where, they are. Yeah, where, where they, they are, are. like yeah. you could I, I feel like you could talk to anybody anywhere mm-hmm. and like talking about irrigation i was like hey if we, if this was reasonable and a feasible plan, like for us to do this, we should do this. And they'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? That sounds great, and that could really benefit that part of the world." I don't I don't care who the person is. I feel like any person with like some modicum of intelligence could like agree with that. But at the same time, it's like you bring that up, and then people are like, "My tax dollars ain't paying for that." Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. And there's infinitely more money to be made in treatment than cure. No matter what the fucking issue is. If you remedy a problem, then there's no longer a market for that fucking yeah. problem. Yeah. yeah. But there's some markets that shouldn't exist. That's why that's why I'm that's trying true. to say, yeah, like like we yeah, because we keep kind of doing that same loop. But like, all right, then the question becomes what's in the psychology of humans that makes us not able to go any deeper than that. You know what I mean? Like money when someone money. says, money. It's, it's because it's because money, you're like, okay, well, I get it. I can, I can draw the line to that, but all right, why is money necessary again? You know what I mean? Like you won't yeah, go to that second. We, like, won't, we won't ever, we can't as yeah. a collective go one more that, step that goes, further. Yeah, that, goes, that goes so far back though, because in terms know. of like, not even necessarily like money, like finance, but in terms of like, um, you know, just our society, we started off on a barter system. We started off on trade. Initially, it was yeah. just like, you know, I think initially we started off like, you know, as the person who had the most rice or the most corn was yeah. the person in charge. Yeah. Right. You know, and that just kind of like spiraled out of control from there. It's like, OK, well, this guy's really good at making saddles. So he's Mr. Saddle guy. Well, yeah. I'm not going to make saddles all day if y'all don't give me some of that corn. And it's just yeah. I feel like just, they was some Rick and Morty purge up. Yeah, that was, that's really honestly kind of what it turned into. Like when I, was, I started thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute. That's exactly how they illustrated it. At the end of one of the Rick and Morty episodes, there was like literally like a purge. 
they like wound up killing all the bourgeoisie that were like actually in charge of the purge. Yeah. And at the very end, they were like, okay, we killed all these people. You guys can rebuild your society. But like, I don't know what to do. It's like, yep. was know, that the one where he met the girl? Yeah. And, the they, and they were dancing to like Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. 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 That was a wild episode. Yeah, that was, it was wild. Yeah, that, you know, that makes me think of something kind of messed up. We surely need, not. <laughs> I think that we need the ruling class just as much as they need us because everyone, everyone wants them to be, first of all, because people are, they are not self-sufficient. Well, that's like saying that we need, need religion order. Too. We, uh, we, we need, we need, people need order. order. We don't, I don't think we need ruling class or anything like that. I, I, like, I think that if in, in order and just because we're animals, we're yeah. still humans. There is always going to be a dominant we're also i think the only uh, maybe there are other species of, of animals out there dolphins dolphins maybe but there might be there like i feel like there's one that would maybe there's one out there that would say hey we're all the same we're all we're all chill i just always feel well, like when you stick humans together Marmosets. there's always going to be one that's going to say i'm the dominant one and everyone's gonna you know well, marmosets. Marmosets. There's been a lot of, of scop. It's really small species of monkey. Okay. Uh, they've been studied extensively with regard to the concept of altruism, mm -hmm. and in times of lower resource availability, have been shown to partition out food, wow. food rather than consume it all themselves. And that's and marmosets aren't even really considered like. You know, it, they're not a great ape, you know? You don't really think about marmosets as being, like, super geniuses by comparison to, like, a chimp or bonobos. Bonobos, for example, they oftentimes kind of... Social capital for them is sex. Mm. But I think something that we gloss over enormously is that while we debate the finer points of what's going on and we talk about money and we use the term money and oftentimes do not understand the distinction between capital and money. And it's not as though money isn't a type of capital, but you can have so much money that it ceases to, to have meaning. At that point, it becomes capital. It becomes leverage. It, mm -hmm. on, on a global scale, it becomes fucking leverage. When, when you ask one of these people that's a multi-billionaire how much a gallon of milk costs, who, who, it was three hundred dollars. Bill Gates, I think, was like on Ellen or something. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, it's hundred dollars." And hey, Mitt Romney's <laughs> not even like Jesus. nearly yeah. that wealthy, and he thought that like a pack of ramen noodles was like seven dollars or some shit like that. Wow. Yeah. So it, the the distinction between money and capital, while we talk about money, even the the successful amongst us that are that are pointing to things like, well, look, the stock market's doing well. My shit don't mean shit well. to me, dog. It, it, don't, it don't mean motherfucking yeah. shit to me. But but there are cats that live in relative proximity here that are making well into the six figures, and they can justify their political leanings by things like that. They can point to market values that directly influence them. However, those dangalangs are still playing with money. They're not playing with capital. They're playing with money. And they don't understand the distinction between those two things, and they don't. They also don't don't understand that while we're doing this, while we're shifting around, really we're playing checkers, and and the ruling class is playing fucking chess. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's like here, y'all, y'all play y'all little kid game with y'all monopoly money. We got the real capital, and 
also, I'll get a little bit conspiratorial. If I'm not mistaken, Gaddafi was one of the last uh, leaders, I guess, on earth that had his currency backed by actual gold bullion. Yeah, yeah that's not a conspiracy. That was a fact. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the conspiratorial element that, that gets glossed over, which to me, it doesn't seem too goddamn controversial, is that he had all that gold bullion and it's like, it's the same principle as the snatch and grab when it comes to oil or anything like that. It's like, for real, he was like rock star, Libyan, like dictator party animal. And then we were like, we're going to take your gold. It's just like, uh, the United States discussing what may or may not be in Fort Knox that we may or may not be right <laughs> and that that we have long since like the united states has long since consigned and if there is gold in fort knox it may very well belong to china or yeah any other number of our yeah. owners lenders whatever you want to fucking call have it. you ever heard richard wolf explain capitalism no he's a really he does it several ways but he's one very brief I think his name is Wolf. The last name's Wolf. Can't remember his first name, but um, he's a professor and um, uh, like really popular Marxist that's online all the time. I fuck public with intellectual. And he just he puts it so simply. He We're just p- says post Marxist. Well, he he I, explains. I don't know which one he is. I think he's one of those things though. But he just explains when it breaks down and why. He makes it seem like it makes so much sense. He explains the money and capital thing that you described. There's a point when you gather enough money that you can start to let the money generate money for you. And then that's when you have capital. But the problem with that is where the free market capital idea that we like to fundamentally invoke every time we're defending that position, America, uh, (laughs) where it breaks down is you don't get equal um, measures of accountability and consequence with it. So you can get to a point where, your millions of dollars can do something for you, but can also do exponentially more destruction. And there's no balance to it where if I have like, if I'm the richest guy in this neighborhood, uh, it, it can, the local society can check me. There's only so much I can do in bowling. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I have to move somewhere where I'm not the richest guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Or else it's like, you know, I can build like a, a million, million dollar house, not right here. Yeah. Right, so it's like that. But what happens when you get capital is none of those checks and balances are are there, and that curve or whatever that Richard talks about, it it happens. Our money, it's just like a few hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and then you're already at this point where you can be with your money reckless. Money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can be reckless with with this, and you can cause more damage with your capital. And so we just don't have mechanisms for managing that scales to where you can end up like Jeff Bezos. There's nothing wrong with ending up like Jeff Bezos, but the checks and balances we have are not nearly enough to handle the level of destruction and the, the there's a certain um, byproduct to alimentation, right? Every organism has to consume to stay alive and it has a byproduct of waste, right? Well, we have ideas. We're the only creatures whose ideas have a byproduct that we always we don't always identify well. So the product of our mind is our thoughts and our ideas. The byproduct of our mind is our thoughts and ideas. <laughs> so we got to see which one of them are destructive and which one of them's not. Mm-hmm. And so when we let systems, which are collections of concepts, 
which are collections of ideas, which are collections of thoughts. When we let those scale up, we just got to remember to have checks and balances in for the byproducts. Mm -hmm. But we're so such egomaniacal creatures that mm -hmm. we think our ideas are just, we think capitalism is just, oh, it's just perfect because mm -hmm. I can get mine and you can get yours. Well, it, it, it's good to a point when it scales and now the byproduct is enough to fuck us all up, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing that they that they did. So just in, correct for it. Here's the thing that I think that they did in, in our society. A lot of people think that that capitalism is so good and is so perfect for for the wrong reason. And and I say that their reason, or I believe that their reason is that, well, there's not bombs dropping on us. There aren't flies in someone, you know, yeah. in kids' eyes like we see on yeah. the commercials. Correlation yeah. does not equal causation. Exactly. Correlation does not equal causation. But people are correlating the yeah. the flies on the eyes, the kids with the yeah. you know, expanded bellies. They're seeing all that kind of stuff and being yes. like, well, it's because they're not in a democratic society and a capitalism you know a capitalistic economy yeah. and all that kind of stuff and i think that's the kind of stuff that's screwing people up to the mm -hmm. point where if you even bring up something other than capitalism you're a socialist you're a communist you're a dirty insert whatever yeah system it's dogma it, it's it, every, dogma. everything everything in my opinion whenever people get in this like zealotry toxic zealotry fucking mode it invariably converges on dogma and i've got some truck with capitalism Dog like i am not even anti-capitalism but i feel like it needs to be a component it it needs to be part of the meal and not the whole meal itself Agreed. just like i say i'm a contextual socialist i don't think that a static immovable rigid socialistic system is a good thing i don't think statically it has any it, it, it doesn't push society forward it enables poor behavior it, it it's just stifling however if it's utilized contextually like and i've said it before like a shot in the arm like getting a fucking steroid shot or a uh or getting antibiotics or something like that for a treatment for some sort of ailment socialistic endeavor is a beautiful thing it's a fantastic thing capitalistic endeavor is a beautiful fantastic innovative thing but they need to be taken for what they are mm -hmm. tools things to be utilized structures that you can apply to something to to address an issue not a blind dogma it, it becomes religion it takes the same place that religion has. Mm -hmm. And we, as we become more secular, the world has become infinitely more fucking secular and it's accelerating at a greater rate. Don't you think the powers that be are trying to force some other dogmatic yep. constraining force down our throats? Don't, wouldn't you like to see that shot in the arm that you talk, that you talk about to a lot of the poor South that, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that votes overwhelmingly like conservative and stuff like that? You know, and they talk about how great capitalism is, but here they are, fucking poor and in a trailer, nothing, no in a dental, trailer. teeth falling exactly. out, twenty kids be don't nice know. <laughs> be nice if a couple of us paid for your teeth, right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. And, and got you do that, nice. the government yeah, the would. Government. <laughs> and again, and we we've said it. We talk about racial issues a lot, but I think we've come. All of us have come to the conclusion that socioeconomic status is the real dividing force. And I think that the more arbitrary one doesn't matter at this point. It does matter. But as far as mobilization and addressing issues in a meaningful way, the our backgrounds of subjugation and where we come from pale in comparison to the fact 
that we're part of the subject class, that we are part of a, a socioeconomic bracket that unifies us in cultural ways that we don't even fucking realize, and then we're divided on these arbitrary fucking grounds. We can we can hash out those detail those those hot button issues. We can hash that shit out later on. But what needs to be addressed right now is that there is a collective of entities that have human faces that are hoarding resources, and it's it's accelerating. Yeah. And the the middle class keeps fucking shrinking. Y'all can suck my ass. I don't <laughs> care. Just because you your four hundred one k is kicking ass. Mine is though. Uh, yeah, but but you're smart enough to know that that's not indicative of a healthy society no, just because no. you're. Do you guys hear the away. echoes of that in um Andrew Yang's uh brilliant musings? Do you hear how he I can't says? Tell if Mark is serious or not? Do you hear how he says? I am serious. Okay. You, <laughs> okay. I, if you hear Andrew Yang, um, I always admire people that are measured in the in the way they talk because he, he can talk that talk enough to he'll quickly ostracize himself. He sounds too much like a socialist or radical or something. But Andrew Yang's got this little bitty psychology thing. Well, concern for psychology that he throws into our expanding and desperately need 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 to adopt perspective on SES. The the well being of the individual as part of your GDP. It's so brilliant. I, He's saying that's why I support don't don't measure how good you're doing to you include how good the people are doing as people i think it's so healthy yes. i think it's so and I'm, i just admire how he's able to articulate that without sounding crazy because everyone else that's trying to say it it's very easy to make to write them off as crazy but what he's saying is no matter what your gdp is no matter how much <laughs> money you got if someone 50 miles from you can't get dental work yes. can't get water exactly then, then take can't get water yeah. Then take your GDP what back down America to like a that? point. Yeah. <laughs> what if America thought and like what, that? But like... what was brilliant about him and people like him, and he's not the first, he's just got a really subtle yeah. way of delivering it that he might even sneak it into our psychology, is that we can we can build that. We can have systems that are made up of that material, if yes. you will. You know, if, yeah. if our ideas and thoughts are the bricks and mortar that builds concepts, that builds institutions, that builds systems like our government and our country, then let the thoughts be of that quality. Then we'll get it. And um, I don't know. It, it's just cool to see someone. Imagine, that, so. imagine if America as a whole thought, started to think how America is gauged or the greatness of America is gauged uh, or is measured by how well every other nation or every other group in the world is doing yes for whom we have representation exactly so and if so we we've got 14 percent uh uh african descendants of slavery yes. uh, most of us are west african then we would have some measure of concern for whatever the the hell make ratio it, is make it be that ratio we should have 14 if, if it's 18 yeah. Descendants of Africa are yeah, in America. Yeah. Africa should be 18% fucking better than what it is now. Exactly. And there's, exactly. And, and, How like, that math works out. Yeah. Somalia we have some representation of better, our economy yeah, exactly. that's 18% represented. So what we would do, we'd be like, yo, Sierra Leone is banging and an awesome place to go vacation at because yes. the Woo Girls yeah. in downtown Nashville. Do you know why I said that? Do you get the connection? I don't. Because Woo Girls means engagement rings, and engagement rings means diamonds, and diamonds come from over there. Woo! And we ought to Sorry. take care of that place. That. It would be crazy. cool. It would be cool if yes. we could make that connection to know that every um, 
uh, think those of Mexico. Uh, bridesmaids parties that we all like to tease and, and make fun of I in Nashville represented our contributions to economy of people that we want we'll at we, one time conquered, we'll we but that we're bolstering up. Oh, oh, easy, oh, sure. easy, easy. That they is, have my house. are you serious? Yeah. I don't have a house. You, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. American Indian. Every single park is theirs. Every national it's park like is theirs. Yours now. It's easy. That's a great idea. The American yeah. Indians are easy. They own it. They own all. They get all the big fat tax revenue from Niagara Falls tours and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's easy. It was if too late. We killed them all. There are none of them left. Yeah. But. For all of, we represent them that way. Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon, all of tax revenue generated for that, but beyond what it takes to maintain it, goes to that group of people. And that's our way of showing, filthy is the wrong word, but showing uh, uh, gratefulness for the situation we got, even though we might have arrived there through some unfortunate History. Reparations. Yes. Now, now yeah. imagine. Yeah, reparations. Imagine yeah, it would repair. This it would repair with the Middle Eastern region. Yeah. Now, our our cars run on shit that comes from there. There you go. You know, yeah. our greatness. Oh man, was you. Measured. Oh man. And if you hated them, sorry, I'm cutting. If yeah. you hated them, you could just get a Prius. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But if, if you, you loved it, you, you would hate... get a big old gas guzzler. Oh god. Wouldn't Thank it be you. crazy if it flipped everything all the around? Hipsters are all the hipsters are fifties. Yeah. Yeah. All the big redneck yeah, dudes yeah, are driving like Tesla. I want my shit. tax money to go to. Exactly. So they can have I'm more never shit. That would be Iran. funny. That would sell be your, funny. Sell your truck. And to, and to what I said earlier, if our if our war campaigns there were only enough, because guess what, a handful of Marines could hold off the whole fucking the best tribe of fighters they have. Over there. I mean, they, their but we will hold down thousand. I think it's five hundred thousand strong. Is that how much we have over there now? No, that's how big their army is. Oh, that's decent. I, didn't I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good size yeah. army. I didn't know that. That's decent. They, I didn't know they had five hundred. They found it. Yeah, and yeah they got I would have. said fifty. Yeah. I would have said fifty. I no, didn't know yeah. they had. Well, they're, we're talking about Iran. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they have, their army is that big. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we go there and we only aggress as insofar as we protect and repair and expand infrastructure. Now Halliburton. And the Carlisle group, they still get to make that their big shit. bucks. Mm-hmm. But you don't ass. have to, yeah, you don't have to knock down an ancient city. You know, Baghdad's like one of the ancient yeah. ones of the world. They really don't know why the mud city, like the way they built, why it's there. So it's cool. It ain't one of our top ancient, you know what I mean? But like they leveled a lot of it. And it, we don't even know how the place was built. You don't have to tear that down, but you could install water and utilities and charge them and do our little Bolivia thing. You know yeah. how we do, how we go somewhere and get the natural resources, then sell it back to them. Mm-hmm. You can still do your gritty American thing, but let that be what your empire expansion is about. Like yeah. making everyone live something approximating our lifestyle. And then, you know, cause most of people here, they just like chilling too. We all don't like LA Dude, and New York. All over most the world people just wants to fucking yeah, chill. Yeah, most people like right here. Yeah. Most people don't want to go beyond that. This no. is a lot to take care of a house and a yard and vehicles and all that. Most people don't want beyond that. So it's not like we couldn't do it. And um, yeah, that would be cool if we did that. But most revolutions of the nature that we're talking about would not be televised. They they won't be, be televised, and they and to be honest with you, there's usually a volatile component to them. Yeah, and I feel like we've gotten kind of to a tipping point where there's there's such a fucking deficit between like our ability to mobilize as Americans. Yep, like this arbitrary yep. notion, we're all Americans. 
But really, beyond that, that's one of the most superficial statements in the world because, like, I was shit on Ohio, like, tonight, son. Yeah. Like, like yeah, I just... Ohio, yeah, bro. fuck Ohio. And I don't even got a reason why. I'm just like, fuck Ohio. But fuck Indiana. People, yeah, fuck Indiana. People, yeah, fuck Indiana, too. And and then there's lots of people that, that, for some reason, fucking hate California, even though it contributes a surplus to the U.S. economy. It, fucking it carries each. the U.S. economy. Yeah, I don't know why, motherfucker. It, I guess because it's a progressive state yeah. or whatever. But, because the gays are fucking. <laughs> but, honestly, I think... Uh, this this guys that that we are unified and we're in this enormous dispersed landmass and then if you look at europe for example like you go from germany to france enormous culture socio-cultural differences and you know where you stand because oh i'm in france now those lines get blurred so there's this arbitrary sense of unity when in reality like motherfuckers are lightweight divided and completely lack solidarity on any kind of meaningful level so it's like this dilution the population is diluted from a socio-cultural standpoint and most i I would say that the last time we were all like unified like that the two times maybe Mm -hmm. the first one definitely being I want to say World War Two. Yeah, maybe yeah. That, maybe that's just the history books. I don't think any of us were alive during World War Two, but everybody. I mean, a lot of people died. Lots of yeah. people went over there, and they when they came back, they were heroes. And everybody, every it seemed yeah. like they got the heroes welcome. You know what I'm saying? Unless you were black. Yeah, unless you were black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, to just 9/11, 2001, like yeah. that. That it took that, a, a catastrophic event for unle- us to. Unless you, unless you was uh like a Sikh or yeah, a, yeah. a Hindu or a Muslim, yeah. then you, he was brown and questionable, like yeah. it, subcontinental They you was getting fucked with post nine yeah. eleven. But race relations between whites and blacks. I remember was never the, the feeling in Bowling Green. It was disgusting when all of my friends um, that come over here in like 95, 96, Bosnians mm-hmm. were like getting treated bad. That was the I closest was so thing. Did you see how that was yeah. in like 2002? And now I see a lot of them now. They're like, fuck Iran, kill them. Trump mm-hmm. is it's doing crazy. all the good Well, I just remember how, I just remember being disgusted. I got into like a big, like a, like a scary situation. We were in programming class. That's how I know that 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. It happened. It had to be a Tuesday or Thursday because you know how college yeah. is. Yeah. I had my coding class on Tuesday. And Thursday, and I'm sitting in there, and the you remember, this is right before plasma TVs and stuff. It's 2001, and so like they still had the TV on the cart that strapped down, like you do in mm-hmm. Element. And they rolled it in, and it was out in the lobby of Kentucky Advanced Technology Institute, which is now Sky CTC, mm-hmm. the tech school I went to here in town, and it was just a screen full of gray smoke. We didn't know what was going on. And yeah. Everyone started gathering around in the hallway, and I'm sitting there with my buddy. Still a good friend of mine. He's one of those weird kind of friends, though, that will occasionally kind of throw you under a bus. He just yeah. was a weird guy like that. And I'm standing there, and um, that's not a friend, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and he was just saying, "Oh man, this happened. This happened." I was like, "What the hell did we do?" Because I knew who Bin Laden was at yeah. that time. I knew a little bit about some of the players in that in that part of the world, and, and I was like, "What did we do?" Because I was thinking, you know, how did we bring this on ourselves? And um, just me talking yeah. to. Him, it wasn't, for, and he said in front of all these Barron County, Metcalf County guys there to do their uh, HVAC and welding degrees and stuff. And hey, Mark here thinks that we brought it on ourselves. I said, "Dog, Eric, why would you say that?" Yeah. It was so interesting. I'm making like triple a point here that's like layered. It's the same thing again. That propensity toward 
violence and destruction. I'm like, I would never, ever. That's like me taking you to Gordon Avenue over the, under the hood and being like, man, he's racist. Get him or yeah, something like that. Ass, yeah. I was like, why was that? I asked Eric that for years, man. He would just be like, oh, man, dude, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, that's interesting. I think you wanted to see me get my ass with, but part of you yeah. wanted me to see me get hurt. I think that's very weird. Anyway, but the second thing I was saying was, and uh, it was 9-11, and it was like the way people looked at me and the way I got treated for that was totally, it was it was gratuitously nice, like extra. And I was like, that's, it made my stomach turn. I was yeah. like, well, wait a second. What ideas were you holding, man? And I'm, I've never been mistreated before ever, but I'm from country town, you know, so I know how people can be. I've never been called out of my name or anything, yeah. but I noticed how they were always looking and ever since then it's still been the same. I had it with one of my directors at our current job. I had to kind of check him first getting to know the guy. And the first thing he did was find a way to quickly get to some reason to denigrate Indian people. Wow. It was like, like, you know, it's like, I see, I, I see a, it. We're, I mean, we're all, yeah. Like they got to let you know that here's somebody I hate, but I don't hate you. Yeah. I'm like, what's <laughs> wrong with you? Like, why do you got to find someone to, like to hate? Commonality what, what, yeah. Like, yeah. like, fuck this dude. And, yeah. and you know what? That's a really <laughs> That's why good. I was saying that in response <laughs> to really what <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? But no, I meant, it was, I meant no, it. It was, it was, you, you didn't point at me. I was just agreeing with you. I didn't oh, think you pointed at me. Well, what, what Tucker said is what made me sad that I, I went on a tangent to make the point, but I was just like, I'm, I'm bothered. I'm disgusted and, and very disturbed by the fact that that we gotta have a common in, enemy hey, to reach. Yeah. It's some one kind of the greatest day. things it's to not, bond over, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Be yeah. like, fuck this motherfucker. Yeah. My it's daddy. Not, yeah. Fuck that motherfucker. I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm I'm ready. Ready. <laughs> Let's go fuck his shit up. Yeah. But my daddy always used to say, he said, he, if I had like a friend over to stay tonight on a weekend down at our lake house, we'd run around in the woods and act like fucking heathens i mean wilding out like mud on our faces and playing in the woods is so special throwing stars but wow but people that didn't get to play in the woods have no idea but my daddy would be like i'd go to have one friend and he'd always he was always cool with having one friend but he was like i'd be like yo can i have my friend Stuart and my friend alex come and he said now you know if there's two of y'all it's fine but when three people get together Two of them are going to fuck up that third one somehow. <laughs> and I swear to God, that's some of the realest shit. And my daddy's been telling me that shit forever. And that is some of the realest shit that I've ever heard. If somebody's slacking at work, like somebody's for real fucking up at work, a motherfucker I don't really give two shits about. And I can both notice like peep yep. game that homeboy's fucking up at work and be like, you believe this shit? Be like, Actually, I do believe this shit. I've been knowing this motherfucker's raggedy. And then you sit there and just jive yep. with this now cat that you friends. don't fuck with on me, any other me level. Me and Tucker talk about like, that a lot. And it's something, whether I know, when I know I go through it all the time. And I have a, a couple of, last thing I'm going to say, a couple of things about that. I sometimes get mad at myself at how easily I can be impressed on in that way. I like thinking myself is not impressionable. But when you come into groups because of the eagerness to quickly... I guess a sin and established social capital. Mm -hmm. I will do that. And almost always, well, I always walk it back. And there was this one guy at work that everybody hated for whatever reasons. And he came and say hi to me. He didn't know me. I was only been at the job three or four weeks. 
and I was just kind of standoffish him with with him, and he recognized it, and I saw the sadness in him. And I was like, "Why did I do that? I didn't even know him yet." Turned out, after being there a long time, he left. He went to work somewhere um, in Florida, but he was actually more legit, and it was actually his difficulty in doing real IT work that made him ostracized. Where I thought he was the, you know. It's actually, I come to learn that at big environments like that, there's more mediocre people mm. than there are real. Oh, yeah. And if so, you're going above and beyond, then, so, so, then people yeah, resent that. Yeah. They want to ostracize and, you. Yeah. He just wasn't as charismatic. He couldn't befriend and bribe people. So otherwise. Part so of that's the good the, old boy bullshit. Yeah. He wasn't as good at that, but he was actually a good dude. And I, was, I hate when I do that. So consequently, growing up, I always hated that too. And my mom was always really critical of that. Now, I don't know if it's because there's some hard reality that I just didn't acknowledge. I didn't have a dad, but I've seen that a lot. And I always have been bothered by that. Like, why do we, like, my whole crew of friends in high school were made up of those people. Someone would move to Bowling Green High, you know, from from somewhere out of town. They'd be the odd one out and they would definitely be, you know, part of our crew. But I don't know. I just think it's something weird. I think that that if we can exploit those... Those uh love, impulses love or whatever to do that shit, seems like with a little bit of work we could do it the other way around and maybe give ourselves a break or help our, too. help ourselves out because that does happen, man. Where where someone is slacking or something like that, and um, you group group up and then that guy's the the bad guy for. I always hate that because I'm thinking we can also sublimate the entire biorhythm, if if you will, like. Give pe- let it be okay for people to slack off. Sometimes we all go through our ch- throughout the year. We not me and my uh, manager at work talk about this a lot. He's like, "Oh, this is so and so season." They're like, "Oh, this is Mark Twain." Mark Twain gets seasonally depressed. I don't like when it's cold and stuff. So if you're gonna see me shriek away, it's in the winter when I'm like, "Oh, it's all I can do to get up and go to this place." In the summer, especially late summer and the fall, I'm about to knock something out of the yeah, park, yeah, right? Yeah. And we all expect that. We're like, oh, "Man, this is so." I'm not trying not to say my team members' names, but this is so and so's time of year. Like he's gonna be a little slow yeah. and a little bit late on getting this done. I say sublimate it. If it's all a part of the human spectrum, then we can do better than just. Mm-hmm. But we will do like irreversibly harmful stuff to each other. Oh, to yeah. get each other to bond, and the truth yeah, is, yeah, but, like, but we all does, do it. Yeah. How does you being sad equate yeah. to me making more money? Exactly, <laughs> it doesn't. Exactly, you don't, don't get fuck. paid more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sucks, creepy. Man. Check there's, this recent. There's news. so much. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go I ahead. was gonna say there's so there's so many pieces of our humanity that just get stripped away because we have to fit into the society that is driven by yeah. profit, yeah. and it just sucks. So check this out. There's just a just a new article um, here. Who knows if it's real or not? Because I want to talk about Did the fake Did you make news. it, bitch? No, I didn't make this one. I didn't make this one. He's tricky. But, uh, you got to watch it. Iran offers, and this may not be Iran, probably a group in Iran or something, offers an $80 million bounty for Donald Trump's head. $80 million bounty. I bet, I bet D. Trump is real offended by that figure. Like, $80 million? be like, that's the poorest fucking number <laughs> yeah. that y'all can throw at me. Come on, bro. bro. I, I wipe my ass I with remember, $80 million. <laughs> I really offended some friends at my last job when I said, uh, the, do you remember in 2014, around then, uh, El Chapo and them were looking for yes. IT guys? No, I didn't know they were looking for IT yeah. guys. You said you said yes so quick. I thought you remembered. I thought it. you were just talking about El Chapo. I remember but that. But then they were like, going to build out a fiber optic 
Optic Network. And I was like, yes, I'd love to go down yeah. and work with Carter. My friends were so offended. And I was I found it so interesting how they wanted to work so, for it's the, not even El Chapo. It's probably just building infrastructure. It was building infrastructure for a country that needed the Equatorial yeah. Robin Hood. Most are like Robin Hood. Well, they yeah, help their community. And, oh, yeah. That's you they'll, beat me to my stack point. Bodies and they'll also help the children. Well, well, well. Here's my thing. How did you have so much disgust for that, but you have romantic uh, patronage of our history? It's the same reason why people hate. They think it's barbaric it. to hunt, exactly. but they have no problem eating lot fed exactly. fucking beef. Yep. If it's exactly. a few degrees removed, I was it's like, fine. And I we might love... as well be wearing powdered wigs and and doing cotillion yeah. together. And shit. Yeah, I have no. I could survive. I know how to keep my mouth shut and do my job. Like I would have no problem doing it for the cartel for a few years and the reason i read up because back then that's when everybody was real popular with going over to afghanistan and doing that eight months thing mm-hmm. and you come back i had yeah. a lot of buddies that do that but i could never get security clearance yeah. so i couldn't do it but they make good loot you know yeah. make 150,000, oh, yeah. and they come back home for three months or they yeah. spread the three months out over a year it was a cool gig yeah. um um and so anyway i was interested in whatever i could get back then and i was just i don't know i found it interesting why people were so disgusted you would go do i'm like it's well, guess who you work for? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you, you work for lots of blood on Bridgestone. Yeah, it's yeah. a petroleum company. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to even, you know, do the oil discussion. I wanna, anyway. So one of the big things with um, with this uh, in, that, that, that Trump is touting and that everyone is excited about is that it, they've killed a terrorist. So mm-hmm. in, in many people's eyes, people view Americans as mm-hmm. terrorists. Not just, not our people. But they view a lot of the people, you know, as terrorism. So what what is the definition of terrorism to you? Uh, I would say. Because, yeah, you work with DOD. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, really, it's honestly, it's the way it gets thrown around now is so far removed from what it actually is. I mean, it's literally just to do as much devastation as possible in order to, like, subjugate another people because they're scared they don't want to step yes. out of line they don't want to do anything because like i might get blown up or they might come attack mm-hmm. my house or they might do this or that like it's 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 rooted in fear mm-hmm. but we just associate terrorism with you know brown people and we just have all it's 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 really turned into much more of like a dog whistly type word it still holds its value and it's still something that needs to be considered and it's a danger to america and the civilized world as a whole but it's just it's just, it just, it's like, it's, yeah. man, I'm reminded of like Key and Peel. Do you remember that they were on the plane? They were talking about what they were going to do, these Terries. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's like, Terries. we going to drax them. We going to drax Glounced. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, excuse me? What the fuck? Like, and people are just like, I dare him. I dare him to. He, he had, didn't he have like a plastic gun or something? I can't or like remember that, but I remember Sklounced. It was Drax. Because <laughs> he was like, his drax. eyes were like wide open looking at him. Drax. Damn. Racist ass Slaps. Millie Gibson. Racist <laughs> ass Millie Gibson. It's still kind of my shit though. <laughs> they did all right. Chappelle was mad. He was like, I watched them do my show. But they yeah. did pretty yeah, well. Yeah, their production's light years ahead of Chappelle's. Man, they have amazing production on that show. For little short yeah. eight minute clips and stuff, Very it's good. amazing I, what they I, I, mean, I don't ask. think I don't think that that either one of us can add anything really to Tucker's definition of what terrorism yeah, is. Yeah, I'm going to read the objective, in my opinion, definition of it. And it, it says, 
the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially yeah. against civilians. Fuck if it's lawful or not. I would expand it into lawful. There's yeah. plenty of things and that's, that we can And that would probably be why America the head, gets, the, gets the definition as well. Yes, it uh. says in, in the pursuit of political aims. That's yeah. what that's what the political the, and, and intimidation. Those are the yes. So with that there, you know, one of the things that they said was that, and I know that presidents do this, is that they they skipped Congress for for certain attacks. There needs to be congressional agreement mm-hmm. to uh, to launch an attack on someone. Now, now on some yeah, I guess you can say it on someone. I, I don't want people to think that it's like on a country as they killed a guy, but when they did that. It's hard for me to not objectively see the word or hear the word terrorism and easily put us in that. Oh, yeah. In that, like, lumped up with them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's it's, it's our delivery and how we and how we do it. Yeah. Again, megatons. Dead, yeah. <laughs> dead yeah. prayers again, going back to some militant like black socialist shit. Uh know know your enemy or know thy enemy. Mm-hmm. It says know your enemy, know yourself. George Bush is way worse than bin Laden is. And I know that that it sounds like some real fringe out there yeah. wackadoo motherfucking yeah. shit. But if you look at the statistics, if you look at the body counts that are associated with it, there's no motherfucking comparison. Hmm. There's absolutely no goddamn comparison. I, lo- I love the the Bin Laden story. Now I love ha- the Bin Laden story. I love like the it was story. A lifetime, doctor. yeah, lifetime. <laughs> it was on yeah. oxygen, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I love <laughs> the uh, this story of his relationship to the Americas and how there's enough. There's enough generations of Bushes and Bin Ladens. It's a really big tribe. Oh, and they're like that, yeah, intertwined. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating. No one ever just reads it. If you read it like right beside each other yeah. on the Wikipedia or something, you see exactly what happens. He had uncles and stuff that did business with George's dad, and then he came to inherit the tribe and tried. He's like, "Yo, we got to slow down a little bit. I got to take care of my people." And we have whole economies based off of getting that oil yeah. cheap for Wasn't cheap. Wasn't there a gang of, sim- of Bin Laden's family in the United States yeah. around the time or yeah. right when yeah. the attacks happened that were immediately yeah. Well, they, yeah, blown yeah. out? And they weren't associated. They're just right. their big-ass tribe. from a very notable fucking yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing that, that, like, that, that, we, that I find so interesting, how people, even if I were one who was on that, I guess that, you know, right wing, whatever you saw, whatever you call it side of the argument, I'd still want to know all the information. I really want to have like, have all the best. And if you read up, you see, it's a real simple, regular business deal. It's just like, I've been buying cheap two by fours from that dude over there across the street. Mm-hmm. He dies. Now his son runs the woodworking business. He's charging me double. I'm like, burn his house down. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. His, yeah. son, his son is like, hey, Damn. my dad was old That's school. My dad was a little bit of an egomaniac. He liked being the man. Listen, this maple costs us way more than I got to charge you a little more or we just can't do business for a while. And America's like, Oh shit, we got to get this oil. It's simple as that. We need, we need it. It's like not any more complicated than that. And then he gets a little bit, you know, defenses or, or maybe offensive, but I don't think it's his fault. Bin Laden. I mean, I don't think he, he's, he's wrong for wanting to defend this, you know, family and his, in his tribe and especially that after of- you see like all the different strings that point to a lot of the attacks you know mm-hmm. where it seems like saudi arabia and it seems like all these yeah. other groups well he had like nothing that. to do with those attacks i don't think like, he had nothing it's, to do with that he was just think- like 
man, nope. Who didn't see this coming? You know, and everything That's he said. That's what it seems like to me. I could be wrong. I don't know who but did it, it but I know like, he didn't. He's yeah, sitting just, there in that little elementary school like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, what happened? What happened here? Uh, yeah, he did. He just looked at it. Shit, like, Yeah. Well, Have you guys seen how much Loose Change has changed? Talk no, about some man. It's his his documentary. Story? Yeah, I remember. It's yeah. not even a documentary anymore. It, really? It's like it's like a thirteen minute. This is a terrible thing that happened. Like talk about someone getting to you. Yeah, someone got to him. Now mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people say they grew up. He got more information. Right people knocked on his door and gave him the truth about it, and then he just kept. Ret- but I thought that documentary was pretty good. Well, I wish and it's hard that, to find the original too. How do we? How do we get to a point? What is it going to take? For people to start to have discussions like what we're having and try to dig for more information mm. as opposed to just spouting out the stuff that they do. It's like, going to be gonna uh, a lot of advertising agencies telling people that that's what they need to do. Fuck, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, and then also <laughs> the, the, no, the <laughs> notion of not teaching children what to learn, but rather how to learn. Yeah, I think... Or not necessarily. There are certain things that you have to guide a child into a, a direction, or sure. they're gonna just—they're not gonna figure it out on their own. But the whole being a discerning consumer of information, and I think overwhelmingly—and this is not at the fault of of teachers, because teachers are one of the most subjugated fucking groups. They are the delivery mechanism for this constraining, overreaching system, whereby we are assessed in terms of numbers and viability and obedience more than anything it's not the most exceptional people that succeed it's the ones that follow the formula that's set in front of them or yep. the most obedient or have the resources absolutely so uh, it's it's a fucked up thing it's the same thing with like law enforcement law enforcement is there's simultaneously victims of this system and at the same time they are implementers of the system they and I will say teachers don't get the same bad rep and they shouldn't, mm-hmm. but teachers are complicit without even meaning to be in in because they went through the same system when they were kids. They, they did, <laughs> like, man. They're they're not, and it's hard. It's a it's a hard thing to stand in a room in front of fucking thirty like screaming, at, frothing, uh, hormonal, yeah, hormonal <laughs> adolescent sociopaths and not not fold and be like no this is how it's fixing to be if you look at everybody as an individual man you will go down in flames it's ill-equipped i like the the japanese model um and this may not be across the board but you know i went to school with a a whole lot of japanese kids because i guess their families moved to around the glasgow area for one of the plants that was there so in my elementary school there was a ton of japanese kids and I was told that rather than the kids going from, uh, like, classroom to classroom, the kids would stay in one classroom and the teachers would rotate according to what the fucking subject was. And that sowed a whole lot more cohesiveness within the classroom as far as them really, things really clicking the way they're supposed to. Because if you got that same formula, you can assess things and be like, okay, I'm going to work out this issue I'm going to sit you here. I'm going to streamline this. And you know what you're up against. Whenever it's constantly this like chaotic influx of new kids and the teacher's already in a compromised fucking position. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, man, fuck this place. Yeah. If you go into the classroom, the classroom study hygiene that plays a fucking role as well. You've got that one specific fucking context that you're there to assess information in. Our school system is not equipping people to be discerning consumers of information. It's, well, it's equipping us to be consumers. Well, it, capitalism poisoned it like it poisoned everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Ken says it best. We we have a system that was made to respond to industrialism, and it's just time to upgrade it. Yeah, we're, I'm going to buy the $600 people. textbook and find the article that proves you wrong in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's no kidding. College. Yeah, that. I can remember paying two hundred dollars for books. Com- even commercialized uh, textbooks. Let me let let me end on on this question that I w- I'm hoping that everyone could answer. What does America want right now? Holy shit! What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what does America want? Like, I feel like there's okay. there's got to be something that we want with what we're doing right now. We what want. Do we want? We want. We want what an adolescent child wants. That's what we're at. We're we're a teenager at best. We're early teens. We're like a twelve or thirteen year old. The I American give a, society. I give the, yeah, our consciousness and our society. Yeah, as it's represented globally, right? Because we have more and more mature people that um, immigrate here. But you know, it took what Chris said earlier. You get molded pretty easily. You get turned into consumer. And ain't nothing worse, by the way, than seeing someone from like that that that's an immigrant and then they become sort of quote unquote Americanized and they're just nasty yeah. and terrible. Especially if it's like a beautiful yeah. woman or something that she yeah. finds out like that she can what she gets it's like oh it's disgusting like, you don't even do it right <laughs> you don't even do it right i, I gave you're you 200 dollars. <laughs> well i gave you i gave you 250 dollars. you're supposed to like you're supposed to put out now you don't you know, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't but if i have sex line. with you it's prostitution it's like yeah. no we no. have dinner no i'm gonna... recording it it's fine <laughs> like... it's totally cool <laughs> No, I'm just playing. No, I think asking that is like asking, you know, a 13-year-old what they want. They're not mature enough yet to actually know, but we know as wiser, older people what they need. So it's a matter of, I don't know. I don't think it's a thing that America itself can't say it. We have to grow up a little bit more. We got to get our asses kicked or have L.A. get flattened. And um or New York get flattened and then we'll d- be able to England gets it. England got it because they got, got bombed a couple things. You gotta grow up. You gotta grow up a little bit. America can't say what it wants right now because America's like a twelve year old right. on the on the planet. So. What do you think, man? I can I definitely agree with that because there are a lot of people that want a lot of different things, you know. And I think the the thing that we should want is for everybody to rise together mm-hmm. and not as separate individuals here and there like i i I, we're just you know that the the whole top one percent thing you got those people controlling all the wealth there are so many stupid people in the world because they don't have access to good education or they don't have a good home life or they don't have the resources they need from a very early age they are the reason they're not focused on education and learning they're focused on survival and gathering resources whether that's literally food water shelter things like that that they can't focus on that and they can't build themselves and they can't develop into full productive individuals because of that if we rise together there will still be class hierarchy but holy shit get the people out of the mud first like yeah. damn like it's not that hard <laughs> what do you think america wants well it and it it very much feeds like it, from from Mark to Tucker, like it's it's all kind kind of one cohesive thing that I feel like you, you touched on what we talked about previously, the hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. and I feel like our our entire culture never never pushes us towards self actualization. 
It pushes us to that point just before self-actualization. Esteem, and we just get drunk on esteem Mm -hmm. and self-regard and indulgence and power and control. I think in many ways, I would say that it's not so much about what Americans want anymore. It's about what Americans don't want. And I think that's what's governing macro behavior on the most meaningful level is the threat of of not having enough money to put food on the table. It's the threat of having the lights cut off. It's the threat of some xenophobic boogeyman that that really is just another struggling group of fucking people that's trying to survive here. Same as you. Right, <laughs> just, just like yo ass. I think overwhelmingly, to me, I don't think that we even have time on a macro level to have these aspirations, these wants, these meaningful things, because basic needs are the pursuit or esteem is the pursuit. So I don't, I don't think that we're very much defined by Americans want this or Americans want that. I think we're stuck in this very primordial state of, well, I definitely don't want that. Mm. Definitely don't want to be hungry. Yeah. yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing is like the, the poor, the poor serve a purpose. They, they're a scapegoat, and then they're also a tangible example so that so that the average motherfucker is thankful for the crumbs that they've got. Okay, yeah. so one of the things that I've always thought that countries like America have the ability to classify as a resource is influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the one thing that... It, to, if I were to jump on the same boat and say a thing that America doesn't want, America doesn't want to lose its influence. And I think that it's going to, it's going to do things. America realizes the cost of entry to make, to maintaining that influence. There's the best programmers and all these other people are not American. They're not the, um, the stand, the typical American. If you, if you will, they don't look like an American as I do my air quotes, the best business people, don't look like Americans, but the people who can do the most destruction, the people who have the the biggest, baddest armies, all that kind of stuff in a time where people just aren't using them anymore. You've got to find a way to stay relevant. And I like to, where I think is that America is young. The society is very young and it does resemble that something you know, a two hundred and something years is very is not a long no. time. In the in the two hundred thousand years yeah. that humanity has been around, two hundred years is not very long. And to to like our our society is extremely young, and it is adolescence, and like an adolescent because I'm raising one. All they want is more. All they want is more. Precisely. It doesn't matter what it is; they just want more. They want the next best thing. And going also on our episode. Where we, we know, as I talk about the conqueror gene, America wants the next great adventure. Mm-hmm. They want this next thing. There's so many generations. There was a generation that had the Revolutionary War. There's a generation that had the, the um, uh, you know, they, War they of 1812. The, the War of 1812. The Civil War. <laughs> Civil War. Yeah. World War I. World War II. Korean War. Vietnam War. Gulf War. Mm-hmm. There's the, I, the, Iraq part two, there's Afghanistan. Lest we forget the Cold War. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cold War. But there's there's this sort of this weird thing that's going on where it's like I've and I've heard people say this like, we're due for another war. That's disgusting. It's fucking <laughs> disgusting. 
but it's like we're just due for this next thing because what is what in and i keep saying it what i think is in the genetics of the a lot of the americans that are running things is to take over that's the conqueror gene and that is that gene that goes all the way back from when they the people first entered into europe and you're having to fight neanderthals and you're having to take over for resources because it's not resource rich like it is in these in these other areas it's not resource rich like it is in people want to kill people too yes that's a part of the human psyche that is a real to kill and it's common it's a real common part of the human psyche to legit entertain the idea of what it would be like like to to end yeah and i will say even even the lighthearted notion of i wish a motherfucker would because yeah. that's pretty much my stance on killing people yeah. is, i wish a motherfucker i wish yeah. a motherfucker would because otherwise <laughs> i have no desire to end yeah. any life yeah and the weird thing is that as i get stronger or more capable i've shifted my mindset from being i wish a motherfucker would to be like i really hope they don't <laughs> because what i'm scared of is that moment like what if i'm not capable yeah. What if all this work I've been doing is not so? I would rather just be a nice person. Oh, and, and well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm not implying that I'm walking around with this, oh no, this, I know, this I know, chip I know, on my yeah. shoulder. But I'm saying that's as far as it fucking goes yeah. ever. Like that is the point of ever entertaining the notion of removing another human being from existence mm-hmm. is that imminent threat type shit. Yeah, that's been ingrained. When we were talking about Botham Gene earlier. Mm-hmm. And again, this is totally just throwing it out there because there's too many variables for it to be just this coincidental that his door was ajar or whatever. Um, but it's I, I think it's safe to say that there is a reasonable possibility that that woman that killed that man had thought about what it would be like to kill another human being you, a few times. You got to, and then and then sat there. In front of them, and knew they didn't have a weapon, and you pulled a trigger any motherfucking way because you you assess everything, and you're like, I might be able to get away with as this. I've, one. As I've said before, one of the one of the characteriz- characterizations of the Cronus complex is an inexplicable uh, propensity for violence for both the people it's inflicted on and the one perpetuating it. People who have that impulse for violence that we call the Cronus complex, or that um, that author. Michael Bradley calls the Cronus complex. They also don't know why they do it either, but it's theorized by him and others that agree with him that it's the, uh, a psychological malady in a small subset of the human beings developed under extreme environmental pressure to survive such that it's gratifying to not only traverse and conquer challenging natural environments, hence white people climbing mountains going into the woods, kayaking, crazy shit like that, that could actually kill you, but it's kind of recreational. But also, um, warfare and killing as a means to an end to survive is satisfying deeply. And it's still left over because it was just a little while when you had to, a while ago when we had to carry on that way. Mm-hmm. So... And, and from a bio, from an evolutionary standpoint, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're brand new. We're brand new. Yeah. And it's built into American culture again. To the first thing we do when we have a boogeyman or some sort of cultural enemy is to strip them of their humanity, mm-hmm. make yeah. a caricature of yep. them, yep. and talk about 
stacking bodies of and again they'll they'll come up with whatever any number of fucking terms for groups of people that they're planning on have, killing. I'm sorry I keep interrupting but have you ever heard how many times in any of these uh recent social situations where someone seems to have been killed and that they they shouldn't they always the person who did the killing always say I had to it's like they're speaking to something in their own psychology that even they don't understand like I had to shoot him or I had Trump to do this I had to I had to kill, to, I had to kill yeah. him I'm like whoa like it seems to me that the impulse comes first and the rationalization comes second and you can't you don't know what to do with your own impulses and it's just so a you, weird coincidence you might have naked when the impulse hit yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> That's well, wait, who was naked? Wait, Trump. I missed it. He was naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I missed that part. You said he, like it's a primitive impulse. I was yeah, just saying, oh, like, oh he okay. was eating, I didn't get it. He was eating steak with ketchup too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, that guy, remember that guy killed the kid in the middle of the street, and he said I had to. Martin? No, um, him George too. Zimmerman? He said the same Zimmerman too. Said, yeah. I had to, but I was like, wait a second. You you went and found him. He was like going to the store and coming back. You went out and tracked him. It's even recorded. And then the police officer that that, that got Brown? into the conflict with Mike Brown, yeah, they he said he had to because he was like coming at him like a demon or something. I yeah. was like, well, And you see his little rosy second. cheek what, from their all, interaction. Yeah. Like it showed like the, yeah. the profile of what, where supposedly Michael Brown had done something to him. And then there was a I meme that was, you know, in Peanuts, like how like schroeder or somebody would get like rosy cheeked and it would just be like a little pink circle right yeah there. yeah it had a picture of that motherfucker and yeah, like a yeah. Cat uh-huh. yeah i didn't ro- yeah, yeah it's, it's macabre but it was yeah. also like very poignant at the same time yeah. like this bitch didn't have nothing happen to him <laughs> and yeah. and i've got i'm i can tell you the holsters that they use especially if you're a right-handed motherfucker I don't give a good goddamn if if Michael Brown could climb in through that window and pull your gun out of your holster without you doing anything. You ain't got no business being a police officer at That's all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You get zero fucking business, especially with your little rosy ass cheek. You weren't fighting shit. You, you just had a to vehicle. See what it was like to execute somebody. That's all it was. And, and think of how many other things be, became justified. Like I, I was gonna say that. The reason why I I I'm sad that everything happened with 9/11, right? Yeah. It was a terrible event, super terrible. What what I hate about it the most is all the things that happened afterwards. Yeah. And, and how much how many things became justified and how we will easily give up our freedoms, I do air quotes freedoms for for the idea of security. You know, yeah. you think of the Patriot Act, you think of all these other things. What I'm starting to wonder now is, okay, okay, you have this guy get killed and it's completely, for a lot of people, it's completely justified because you're just like, oh, he's a terrorist. They link yeah. terrorists to 9-11. Well, when your bike gets stolen, they can read his fucking name and give a damn. When your bike gets stolen in high school or when you, you know, maybe you had a friend or someone who had something like that happen and they are car got keyed or something like that and then the, all of their acting out and bad grades in school is justified for a yep. while 
because we understand that's a part yep. of teenage. They don't. They're not mature enough to yep. take. Oh, his dad to died. Take, to this take, is... yeah, to take uh, what you call it, inventory, mm-hmm. and say, all right, how can I protect my bike better? Or maybe I shouldn't have been at that bonfire party. Bonfire party in my nice Mustang. You with don't the get new that till you're older. You don't get that till you're older. When you're older, you you like, all right, I'm taking care of my stuff. I'm not driving my nice car out to the to go mud bogging with the guys or whatever. Because that that chick I used to date, mm-hmm. she's going to keep my car. You know what I mean? Whatever yeah. self-accountability looks like, that's exactly what America does. Mm-hmm. We get we get attacked for whatever reason, however it happened, and our responses have, to it have been like a lash child. We didn't, out. Yeah, we lash out. We haven't been like, all right, I don't like this. I'm going to show them how good we are. First an ass kicking's coming, then we're going to get some more from cheap, but we're about to show y'all, we're about to upgrade the Bronze Age yeah. over here. We will be the best Islamic community, be better at it than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what we could. That's what we should do. And America's good at doing we can, that. We're we can good be at better. Yeah, we can be and better. Making it better. Yeah. Why not? Like, if yeah. you're gonna take a country, yeah, we could. We could. We could have, we could have started a, a whole uh, daycare to pipeline system on creating uh, bureaucrats and ambassadors that represent. Uh, the modern day uh, that'd be insane. Islam mm, that'd be insane. as a response to that it's, and say, okay, it's perceived as facilitating fifty years from now, we're gonna the Yon's next president is gonna be born over here. That's how much we, yeah. you know, we care about humanity, and yeah. we we are cool enough that we can take a hit like nine eleven. We can take it and and then still do cool stuff. That would be like off the charts level, you know better than anything else that's been done in history mm-hmm. and it would fit our arrogant style exactly. you know what i mean but exactly. i think we can't we can't help ourselves do we have any shameless shout outs before you go well always got to give a shameless shout out to tyler young at grade eight performance mm-hmm. um it's my understanding he's doing great things going into the new year i saw him uh do what was it box press yeah, it was 250 Ten, pounds. 250 pounds, which is 10 pounds over the world record at, in his weight class. And then I saw him do uh, did some brutal shit. It was like a set of five at 550 and awesome. then 30 seconds rest and then a set of five at 500. I'm sure he shit his pants. Yeah. But yeah. That's, and competing? Uh, no, 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 just, just training. Just out. Training. Yeah, training. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> doing so. Yeah. And, and, and that's the kind of man you want. Uh, training you as well. He's willing to shit his pants, so you know he's willing to shit shows. So shout out to Tyler Young at <laughs> Great awesome Eight Performance. Do you have any? Um, well, if he's gonna do a trainer, I'll do a trainer. I've been training with a guy named DJ Miller at Title Boxing in Nashville for two years. Awesome. I might be going up for a fight this year, dude. I did not. Awesome. Used to, I did not used cool. to look like this. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't used to have like. I didn't have any deltoids. I didn't have any shoulders. Yeah. Like I used to be a skinny little string bean. I might not look it, but I'm a nerd and I can kick some ass. Yeah. Hell yeah! That's what's up. It is. It he is. Show me his videos of him yeah. doing the pads. He looked surprising. I expect you look a little goofy, goofy as fuck. Yeah, yeah no. but not that that's a bad thing. Everyone starts off looking goofy. Yeah. You don't know how. Speak softly, carry a big or, stick. Yeah, but I got he looked good hitting the pads. I would, now want to. I now want to go somewhere with him and, and somebody fuck with him and him just dismiss. Salumas yeah. is hosting a title boxing session <laughs> yeah. this spring. Kalu's gonna, Kalu's gonna, Kalu's gonna get it going, and we're gonna sponsor because title boxing. I've watched Kalu box too, and we're gonna, we do session. I watched you knock your friend who was like the second guest that we had on the program. On, yeah, I saw you knock him out, and he stood up like a baby deer. This was big Kalu, big like timid Kalu. 
<laughs> and like they made it. That was my Kalu impression. Know, right? And then Kalu's like, like flitting around the living room, and they're like, "Come on, Kalu, put the boxing gloves on." He's like, "I don't want to." And he puts them on, and then he goes out very timidly. Homeboy was taking. I hit him with a planet. So it took it super <laughs> serious, and was like trying to sugar Ray Leonard. Kalu's head and he hit Kalu one too many times and Kalu came around with the Nigerian hand of Jehovah and just oh and his legs God. his legs went out from underneath him and he went down and I was like oh no Kalu's going to jail now and he tried to stand back up and he was just baby deer leg like fell down over oh and over God. again and then finally people had to go get him and be like God you need to sit down for Kalu will kill you. <laughs> Kalu took his gloves off. And I, hate, I don't know. I hate when people get like that because, like, uh, there was there have been a couple people that I sparred with. I didn't knock them down or anything, but like they get too heated like that. But I have seen people get like knocked really? the fuck out and they get up and like, oh, you gonna hit me like a bitch? And anytime I've done sparring, it's always like, and I'm I guess I'm fortunate to people that I've sparred with, but like if I get like a good liver punch, this like, you know, it's not, that's, that's the trying, one, you, that's the one you get them with. And, you know? well, yeah. You get hit with a good liver punch. You look them in the face and you go, Ooh, like <laughs> I see what you did there. You don't get mad. You're yeah. like, you taught me a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mark, do you have any shameless shout outs? Um, I've got to have some to I'm not forgetting. Shout out to the Titans. <laughs> oh, there you go. Congrats. For shutting down, uh, Shut Lord Brady. Uh, yeah, Lord Brady and them. <laughs> that was a good game last Lord night. Brady <laughs> Lord crazy. Brady. Lord Brady. Yeah. It's uh I'm gonna say uh shout out to my Eagles. We're playing the Seahawks right now. I don't think we're going to win, but whatever, you know, I'm surprised that we even fucking made the play. Who's Eagles so, quarterback right now? Right now Carson Wentz is injured. So uh he I think he might have a concussion. What's his name? Carson Wentz, first mm. of his name, rightful heir of the MVP throne in twenty seventeen. Ah, I didn't first I didn't even know that guy. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even know him. He looks uh, like Prince Harry. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they still had Randall Cunningham or somebody. I fucking hate you, dude. I didn't I know. Really, I don't no. keep up with sports, man. I really. I tried hate to. You. I tried to, but I didn't know. I just remember Randall Cunningham was one of those first quarterbacks oh that could God. that could scramble, and that was like a big deal. Like he could run like a running, right, run fast right, like a running. Cool. I wasn't being a smart no, ass. That's real cool. I just meant okay. I was. I was. I was being facetious i did i know it wasn't randall's way back but i didn't know who that quarterback was since mcnab well i hate you for right now okay so. okay <laughs> um i, I love give... the eagles i used to be an eagles fan oh god i did just because i picked them on madden i have no reason no no way of understanding i don't know anything about sports okay <laughs> i want to give a shout to jp uh hefty lefty club works uh, this year is the year that he's going to be building a, a set of clubs for me. Uh, he does do custom golf club work. I've always wanted to learn how to like not feel look like Donkey Kong when I'm swinging a golf club when I go to because here's why I want to win when I go to Top Golf. Like <laughs> I just want to win. That's all I want to do. I love going there. And I was uh, there's got to be a better reason for me to go to Top Golf than to eat a bunch and drink alcohol. So there I want to. Have you been there to the one? Yeah. yeah, I went to the one in Nashville. It's oh man, so, so fun! It, it hasn't been that long. Um, maybe but, a couple. Uh, years. I, yeah, I've been there a couple times, but I want to be able to just have something else, you know, cool to do. Just another kind of like low impact kind of sport to play. You know, I'm I'm getting older and shit like that. And so, um, yeah. Um, so shout out to him. Shout out to BT Lee's. He's still working on a suya rub, uh, and hopefully a suya sauce. And so suya is a Nigerian. Uh, it's like a street food. It's like Nigeria's version of elotes. Have you had those? Like 
Like culture. it's like Mexican spe- <laughs> it's like Mexican corn. loaded corn on the yeah, cob. Loaded, loaded corn on the cob. They make they there's a stand in Nashville that I makes got them all over days. Nashville. Okay, I know, I know so what, you know what you're not. Yeah, I didn't know what the name of them was, but you they like it's, it's, it's covered mayonnaise and hot Cheeto crumbs. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what it looks <laughs> like. Yeah, it looks, like it looks gross. Crumbs. People love them. Yeah, it's so it's good. Good. They got they have them at Mas Tacos. It's, it's not just yeah, mayonnaise and hot Cheeto crumbs, but I would eat that. Uh, no, it's fire. It's fire. So um, shout out to him. Um, see, think of any uh, any others right now, but I, I will say shout out to all the people that have like reached out in the past couple weeks that have just said like good things about the podcast. Like we're, we're really, really trying to make a point to make 2020 the, the year where we really like double down on growing and going to places like Nashville and doing more things and recording more and really interacting with a lot more people. Um, I want us to get more mobile and uh, expect to have more content like that. What about uh, Patch Adams? Patch Adams. Yeah, the, oh, I, well, we're still working that out, so I don't want to like. I know that's why I said ambiguous yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still working that out. Uh, <laughs> I know what oh, you're talking about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, hopefully that goes that goes well. Um, I sent everything to him, but shout out to him. Hopefully, you know, we we have an agreement there to be able to do some advertising with us. So, um, and then I will say to anyone else, uh, if those of you have any sort of small businesses or any cool things that you'd like to advertise with us, please reach out. Send an email to info at vsalumas.com. And I'd love to be able to talk about ways to be able to promote whatever product or service that you have. Uh, I'll be 100% transparent. We'd like to be able to raise more money so we can get better equipment and go and do more things and be more active. And we'd like uh, to barter, too. If you possess some sort of skill or you yep. produce something that we may be interested in, we can work out something in those Absolutely. terms as well. Absolutely. So, guys, I hope you all have a good week. There's obviously going to be more uh, more news to come up about Iran and or Iran and stuff like that. So my, my last message to you guys is really be, be a lot more judicious in how you take in and, and share information. It's extremely right now in times like these people's minds are extremely volatile and like everyone's like a sponge right now. And if you give people the wrong type of content, knowing that it's bad, you're fucking up. And uh, so please be responsible with the information that you get. Uh, for the people that could be affected, if you live in a community that has Middle Eastern people, don't be a fucking dick to them. They aren't the ones doing anything, okay? Like, let's try if not anything, to... If anything, go out of your way to go show love. Go out of your way to show love. Like, that, in my opinion, is, is how you act like a good goddamn American. So go and show some love to those people. They aren't the ones that did it. Uh, and anymore, I see more regular American people having anti-American sentiment than, than a lot of those people. Most of those people just don't want to be fucked with. They just want to lay low and have a life that's probably that's likely better than what they, where they're coming from. So please do your best to be a good citizen and take care of the people in your communities. Uh, especially the Middle Eastern folks and just, just brown people in general because some people get that fucked up and you'll call a Mexican and Iranian and that's in your, you're just being an asshole at that point. Yeah. So, uh, with that, I hope you guys have a great week. Whip all the ass. Learn, learn a skill. Sure, I think. Happy New Year. Happy I think New Year. We yeah. haven't been on yeah. since New Year. That, so yeah. that's y'all's job. Like, if if y'all give any iota of a fuck what I think regarding, you know, going into 2020, learn skills. Accumulate skills and understand that all of these skills are depreciable. Mm-hmm. Even boxing. If you yeah. don't do it, 
it goes away. So learn a skill, hone a skill, practice a skill, implement it, make it work for you. It doesn't matter if it's canning vegetables, growing stuff, hunting, fishing, changing oil, changing tires. Be useful. Do things for yourself. It's empowering. It'll make you feel better about yourself and it'll make you less vulnerable. And on that, we are... Goodbye. Peace. (laughs) Mark says goodbye.